With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
welcome everyone to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me today is Coach Tommy B. Coach Tommy B, how are you? Great, great to be back on the show. Looking forward to today all week. Oh, man, you and me both, you and me both. Today is, we've got some information, Islanders information to talk about. We're going to be talking about Nazem Kadri, who looks to be all but just signed to the New York Islanders. Looks like it's almost a done deal at this point. And it seems like we're starting to get some sort of semblance and rumors about what the contract looks like. We'll talk about that today. Um, also, we're going to talk about impending moves that may trickle down or trickle after this Nazem Kadri move, which Tommy B is going to talk about. Um, also, um, remember, if you're new to the show, welcome. This is a twice-a-week Islanders podcast um, that happens every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're new to the show, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you like on Facebook and follow on Twitter. We also have a second all-sports podcast that takes place every Thursday and Sunday, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Sundays 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That could be found in the link in the description below or as a featured page on our YouTube channel. Coach Tommy B, let me ask you before we get started, when is the next installment in the episode of Coach Baffy's Corner? Well, actually, um, I'm going to be deciding that very soon, probably within the next seven to 10 days. I'm going to do my August edition. Um, I have a little surprise for everybody when this edition comes out. Um, I had a musician uh, developing a little theme song for the show that I'll open up and end with. So that'll be a little surprise for all the listeners out there on Coach Baffy's Corner. Oh, I, I, you got to give us a little taste. Coach Tommy B, I would need to hear a little bit about what it is. I need to hear a little bit of a taste of what it's like. Is it more, what is it, like rock and roll? Is it like some alternative? What is it, jazz? It's, it's acoustic, very, you know, very, very acoustic, nice and mellow, you know, uh, kind of associated with hockey in, in a way. So it's, it's going to be something fun for everybody. I want, you know, I was thinking about doing it for a while. I had had a friend that used to come to the tailgates and we used to run them. And we used to actually, you know, get up there and sing a few songs every on the tailgate with him playing. And he mentioned it to me. I said, it's not a bad idea. And he came <laughs> up with a couple of ideas and what the heck? <laughs> oh man. Oh man. I know that's going to be good there. Um, some of you may notice that the grumpy old man is not here this evening. Um, grumpy, you know, you just, he heard about the Nazem Kadri contract and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. He, he said he needed some time to gather thoughts. He was, I take it, not not too thrilled um, with the contract. I didn't get to talk to him too much today, um, but he just said he, he he couldn't be on the show tonight. He just that Nazem Kadri contract had kind of sent him over the edge. Um, but but let's let's kind of talk about that, Coach Tommy B. You know, the, the rumor is right now that Nazem Kadri is all but just the pen to paper to the New York Islanders. So very close to signing with the New York Islanders on what looks to be maybe a seven-year deal, $7 million per. You know, look, I mean, I, I've commented before free agency started about my feelings specifically about this player and this possibility of this signing, knowing his connections to Lula Morello in Toronto. I mean, we all know that they had a kinship. They had a connection. Very much like when he brought Matt Martin back here, Lou and Matt really got along well. It's the first thing he did. Um, and I had, I had stated this. I'll state it again. Um, I stated that if, if we got Kadri, who's a very, very good player, and he's obviously a Stanley Cup winner, and you can argue he was one of their top key players for winning that cup. 
but he's going to be turning 32 in October. And I said, if we got Kadri on a shorter range contract, I thought it'd be great for the team. I said, there, there was one thing I don't like about him, that I have a lack of trust for him in this regard, knowing that three times in his career he's been kicked out of playoff series. That worries me. Okay, he cost the Toronto Maple Leafs twice and the Colorado Avalanche once by getting himself booted out due to doing something stupid. Um, people say, oh, he's grown up now. How do I know that? How do you know that? How do Islander fans know that? It was his thirty on his 31st birthday, Coach Tommy B. That's when he said, you know what? All of these childish plays where I go ahead and you know take a take a suspension or or I go ahead and make a play that that maybe puts my team at a disadvantage. I'm gonna put that behind me. Just the same thing. Brad Marchant, maybe he's gonna have it on his 37th birthday. Maybe he'll stop this year. So Nazem Kadri was just literally was only 31 years old for him, and now he's finally turned a new page. Yeah, um, I find that hard to believe, and the fact that he's won a Stanley Cup ring now makes me less trust him. Because he's got the ring now, so why behave? Um, look, I mean, under Lula Morelli, you kind of do have to behave, but uh, I'm worried about the contract if this is true, if it's seven times seven, which, look, I was fed this a couple of weeks ago. They were signing it to seven times seven. I'm not going to tell you what I don't know inside fed it to me, but it was fed to me. Um, I don't like the length of this contract at all. I told people if we got Kadri at four or five years, I'd actually like it. And even the seven million a year, is he worth more than Brock Nelson? No, it's a fair I, question. Absolutely not. The, the thing that worries me about number one, I, we there's a plethora of issues. I think in the short term, and I mean the very, very short term, maybe a year, two years tops, this may be a plus for the Islanders. Uh, the The biggest issue I've got with this is if we're signing him to a seven year contract, we're giving him seven million per. My God Almighty, what a mistake! We, I mean, right? We've gone over this on the show. This is a situation where we might be adding a center. We're adding a center to the team. A center was one of the strongest positions I think we had, at least regarding our forward group. Wing was the position of the biggest need for us, I believe. And we're here adding a center, and we're paying a guy who's 32 years old, coming off a career year, who just won a Stanley Cup. We're paying them the premium. We're paying them not only the career year premium, but we got the two-for-one special. We got the career year premium and also the Stanley Cup premium. And I think to myself, my God, it's... I mean, we talk about on this show how the fall from grace is hard and fast. If this window has closed, we are we as a fan base are in for a world of hurt. This is the nail in the freaking coffin that cements us into below mediocrity and just the the cell or dwell the being a cellar dweller for many years to come. Look, I, I do feel it 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 puts them back in the playoffs, you know, as far as this year is concerned. I do feel it opens up a two- or three-year window if they make one more addition somewhere along the way here um, that will make them a contender for a short period. But the fall is going to be rough. I got to agree with that. The fall is going to be rough because, I mean, in three years, you know, Lee will come off. Um, Pajot will come off. I think Pajot's four. You know, Nelson will come off. Um you know, the money is going to go away, and that's when the cap's going to jump high. So maybe they can bury one bad contract and survive it. But then, of course, you're going to have to go back out in the free agency, or you're going to have to you're going to have to pray that William DeFore, uh, Atta Ratu, that these guys are going to be legitimate, legitimate top six guys to fill those roles. I mean, because look, Kadri to me is a second line center. That's what that's how I look at him. 
I do believe he can play the wing, which I think people are discounting. I think if this is the move, you're going to have to put him. I think he has to go to the wing. He's coming here. I don't think other players should be moved for him. It's like the A-Rod Derek Jeter thing. A-Rod came to the Yankees. He moved, not Derek Jeter. So it's always better than Derek Jeter. Oh, a tad, a tad. But I'm just saying, if he's coming, he wants to be part of this team. Uh, I don't see Barzell being able to play wing. For people who forgot this, Brock Nelson has played wing and did not have success at it. Mm. Okay? Pajot is the only one that has success at playing wing. The only one of the three. That's if Pajot's still on the team. So now that that's an interesting point you bring up. And and because I've heard rumors, right, that maybe the Islanders are also interested on Sonny Milano, a guy who is, you know, a hometown guy, hometown kid, who is still out there as a as a free agent. Um, I've heard rumors about that. Uh, you know, I think I think Nazem Kadri is a middle six guy. I think on a really good team, right? Maybe he slips down to third, but I, you know, I think he's a guy who the, the way he played last year, right, shows that he's bona fide number line number two guy, line line two center. We've got a great number two center there in Brock Nelson. It just kind of makes me think, and, and we've talked about this before. You don't want to move Brock Nelson from the center position to the wing as he's had this renaissance in his career and has played fantastic hockey under Lou Lamarillo. Now, again, I'll be interested. I don't think the style is going to change. I'm worried the style is not going to change up too much. It's going to be very similar to what the Barry Trot style was. But but Nazem Kadri, where does he fit in the piece? You know, you, you had mentioned a little bit about uh, when we had talked before the show that there may be some additional or possible ancillary moves that the Islanders might be making after they sign Nazem Kadri once it's announced. Okay, this is confirmed. Even with that maneuver, um, which there is a big rumor flying around today that they're packaging Bailey with Bellows. Uh, to make the money room for that, which, by the way, I, I wanted to ask Grump that if he was here, I wanted to ask him with you know, his hatred towards Bailey, would that totally, you know, soften the blow of this if it means that this means Bailey's leaving? I don't. I think. I think Grump when he looks at it. I. I and here's the thing. I talked to him about this on the last show, and I talked to him even a little bit about this off air. You know. If they sign this contract, Nazem Kadri to a seven-year deal, I said, you know, seriously, Grump, you know, you look at you look at your years and how many years you have left of being an Islander fan. We all know what the last rebuild looked like. I mean, seriously, what type of time frame do you think you'll ever see a winner again? I don't know. I think Grump's a little bit down in the, down in the dumps. So maybe maybe he'll get maybe he'll come on there, you know, later on the show. Maybe he'll come on another day and give us that information. But you think you think that that Bellos and Bailey are off on their way? Um, you know, it's hard to know with these leaks anymore with Lou, you know, and Lou, Lou's sitting back. Look, I think he enjoys torturing the fans. I'm going to say that to you right now. I think he enjoys torturing the fan base. I sat at the meet and greet with him last year. He was anything but cordial and nice. He was basically sitting on his high throne. It was actually offensive as a fan. Um, for me to sit there as a customer who buys season tickets and buys jerseys and, you know, you're in that place buying your food and your beers and all the money that you spend in a season, which sometimes is more than some people spend on, get on a job. Yeah. Um, and it's offensive for you to sit on your high throne and tell the fans, I do whatever I want to do. I don't care what you people think. That's basically what he told everybody. You are peons, mere peons that just Heather. observe, and I know more. I am holier than thou. I've got but he, and he does know. I'm not arguing his knowledge. He knows hockey. You can't argue that he knows hockey. Um, 
you know, that part of it. And, and he knows how to structure an organization. We, this organization was structured like garbage until he got here. But I, I do think he lacks an ability to adapt to the times we live in and the social type of media that we have in the world today and the access to the players and the things that the fans enjoy and have fun with. I, I don't think he understands it. I just don't think he understands that part. I was about to say, I couldn't imagine season ticket sales necessarily through the roof right now at the moment as we have made no no signings coming off of an underwhelming year. Again, like I've said before, I can't imagine ownership is too thrilled with that. And I think that at least I, I've, I seriously felt like when we had seen that ownership video where you know they mistakenly said that Lou's won four cups, but they seemed like he was almost being held as like a hostage video. I'm like, this is almost seems like theater. He can't seriously believe the words that are coming out of his mouth. But the more and more I get from it the more it seems like that he just might be a clueless idiot Ledecky no Ledecky is a front for Malkin he's there to make the fans smile make them happy. I am one of you I'm, he's like a jester he's like the fool of the court now I give him credit for coming out in the media and addressing that situation after the failure on Johnny Goudreau at least he came out and addressed it now, he made a big boo-boo with the four Stanley Cups, and I think you should know, you know, <laughs> what, you know, since you hired the guy, you should kind of know how many Cups he won. But outside of that fact, I, I gave Ledecky credit for facing the media because somebody else didn't. Somebody else did not face the media after free agency day. Who was that? It was Lou. Dun, dun, dun. Lou Sorry, you know. you're the general manager. When you, when you are the, just like the coach has to face the media after every game. Whether you win or lose or have the worst day or the best day, you have to sit in front of that media and take those questions and do your job and present yourself in a professional manner. All right. When you're a free agent, that's a general manager's day, is it not? The general manager's day, just like the trade deadline is, the GM day. If you don't get the job done, I want to hear why. I think plain and simple, the game has passed him by. I think he served his purpose. His purpose was to make the Islanders, uh, you know, no longer laughing stock, to bring legitimacy back to the name, to bring to bring this franchise out of the the shit heap that it was in. He did that by hair, by hiring Barry Trotz. He for certain did. I think he's accomplished the goal that I originally had set out for him. And I think that right now what we've seen is, I, and I think I mentioned this on before the show. It's like the lust, his blind lust for one last Stanley Cup. One last Stanley Cup or bust is going to set this team back a decade. Because just just like you had mentioned, if we don't win this cup, we're completely relying upon, hey, William DeFore, who doesn't skate very well, we better hope that he's going to really pan out. Aturatu, he better be everything that we've dreamt of and more. And every other player in that prospect pool better go ahead and pan out because if not, we're going to be in for a long and hard rebuild. I wonder this too, right? With a guy like Matt Barzal, let's say next year we come out and we struggle a bit. We're under a new first-time head coach. We're we're a team that may, maybe, I don't know how stylistically we'll change, if at all, but let's say we struggle. I think it's a possibility that we might not be. I think that Barry Trotz, right, he had his faults. I think that if you're talking about a coach, pure X's and O's, I think Trotz has got to be over Lane Lambert. I don't envision Lane Lambert walking in and being a better head coach first time doing it than, than Barry Trotz. That's a very good analogy. The only thing you have to think about is that if the players were a little burnt out on the Trotz last year and mm -hmm. you have a fresh person in there, there could be a big jump in this step. 
just because of that fact. I don't blame Barry Trotz for that. That's just natural in sports. You know that. No. You make a change, a new guy comes in, guys have a big, bigger jump in their step. You know, Trotz is a top five NHL coach. I There were a couple of things about him that bothered me, but in general, we were he's the best coach we've ever had other than Al Arbor, hands down, hands down. And we are going to miss some facets about him. We are definitely going to miss some things with Barry Trotz. I do think, though, with what was going on between Trotz and Lou and the organization, it had to happen. Had to happen. All right. They, their relationship, not that it was awful, it went from two guys hugging and loving one another for the first couple of seasons to two guys who saw a totally different direction for the team. I, and I'll tell you this too, Lou Lamarillo is not known as, at least in the past, is not known as a general manager that keeps head coaches for an exorbitantly long time period. So yeah. the fact that Barry Trotz lasted the entire season with the failure that we had this last year was kind of a shock, I think. But if, here's the thing, if it was anybody besides Barry Trotz, if that was Lane Lambert in that coaching position, I think he would have been canned halfway through the year. Now this is, Grump and I have talked about this, we're in a situation where I kind of, I feel kind of a little bad for Lane Lambert. And, and here's the thing. I'm not trying to say, oh, boo-hoo, the guy's the NHL head coach. I feel like he's in a tough situation because if he doesn't have immediate success in the league, he's gone after one year. Because I, I believe if we don't have immediate success and let's say we struggle or a team that kind of just like meanders about, we're an average team next year, I think you're in a situation where Lou walks, Lane Lambert's gone because when you hire a new general manager, they're in all likelihood going to want a new head coach. And the fan base is going to be left picking up the pieces. I wonder what it's going to do for a guy like Matt Barzal as well. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up about that subject because everybody's wondering. And, yes, this is Lou Lamorello's the last year of his five-year contract. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, people want to assume things. I, I think this can play out in a couple of different directions when this year is over. Now, if the Islanders were ever to win the Stanley Cup this year, then I think Lou would leave in a blaze of glory and say, all right, I'm 81, I'm done. I won my cup with the, with the Islanders. Malcolm, you know, I'll help you find the new replacement. I'll do work with you. Find the guy, bring him in. Hopefully not his son. Um, okay, but let's then the more realistic prospect of us not winning the cup. Which I, even if you have, even if you walk into a season with the best team, your prospect is still you're likely not going to win the cup. Am I correct? Unless you're a favorite. I mean, like, I, I don't think we're even in like I think different tiers, right? You know, if yeah. you're in a higher tier, you're a better team. I think your odds are better. Okay, so his contract's up. Now, some people think Lou's going to leave. I don't. Not yet. I still think he's going to be here on the short term, but I do think there's going to be some big changes. I think Lou's going to get a new contract. But in, wow. the two, in, the, in the two or three year range without the general manager's duties, my belief is they're going to keep him on as team president for a couple more years while they transition. So I don't think Lambert's job is in danger. Uh, I think he's got two years to prove himself, and or or a year plus, depending on how the second season starts. So I I, I think that's what's going to happen. I think Blue's going to get a short term deal as team president only. While while they do a search for a GM next off season, and he'll bring the GM in and basically tutor the GM for a year, and then hand the team over. I wish they did that already. This is like I feel like this signing is like handing the reins over to an absolute madman because seven years. Let's get back to the contract too. Seven years, seven million per. Possibly rumors of a no trade in there. I do love the fourth period where they're like full no trade clause for all seven years. They come out, hey, it's inked on the line. Seven years, seven point two five million. You see a lot of stuff thrown out there. 
but I, I will say based off of Lou Lamarillo's prior signings, there probably will be a no trade clause for a certain time period of that contract. And then maybe it'll be a modified. And then the last year of the contract, maybe it won't. Mind you, Nazem Kadri, 32 years old, going to be signed until he's 39. I'm worried about that. Well, I mean, that's... Yeah, he, he, his contract would end when he, on his 38th birthday. That's pretty wild. Um, here's what I'm going to say about the contract for cap out. People who don't know the cap, I, I do want to put this in play because I talked to you about when Matt Martin signed and I explained to you how it's really not that bad of a deal because the minute they want to bur bury his contract, they only got to eat 300 k on the cap. And, I, and I've explained that all along that they always have that out. Now, with this contract, how it's written really matters. It really matters. If this is a front-loaded signing bonus contract, we're back in an Andrew Ladd situation where you can't buy the guy out when you get towards the end, and no one's going to want him, and you got to bury him and save $666,000. You, you can't have that. If he has a if he has a normal contract where the base is just straight through and he gets a $7 million base, then we can buy him out after year four or five and spread the money out with a rising cap coming off the, off these, you know, the flat cap. It will not be as bad if the contract is structured properly. If it's structured up front with a lot of front money, like John Tavares's contract, it's a freaking nightmare. I would imagine that contract can be front loaded because, right? Let's say he doesn't play or he retires prematurely. He's going to want his money. He's, you know what I mean? Like he's going to want he's going to want the majority of the salary dollars at the front end of that contract as opposed to the back. You know, if he tears an ankle or, or snaps his leg in half and never plays hockey again, right? He's going to want to make sure he's starting to get that paid money early. It, there is injury retirement clauses. So if he ends up retiring off an injury, he still gets paid. The full contract? About 90% of it. Okay. I, I would imagine most of those contracts when they're in their 30s mostly go to where it's the majority of the dollars are on the front end and not yeah. on the back. So, you know, that that kind of that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of worries me. I think this is going to be an Andrew Ladd 2.0, right? This will be just like Andrew Ladd. I think it's very similar in some ways. We're just like Andrew Ladd at the time period. It was the biggest free agent signing in Islanders history. And just like that, if we sign Nazem Kadri, this will be the biggest free agent signing in Islanders history. And just like that Andrew Ladd contract, it's going to have way too much term and way too much of a cap hit. And it's going to be very similar to that that Andrew Lab. When you look at it from the surface level, we're going to be overpaying a guy who's in his 30s. And I think Nazem Kadri, right? I've argued with people, or I talk with Phil's facts, I talk with some others, right? They think, oh, Nazem Kadri's game is going to age well. I, I, I'm not sure. That's a guy who is he plays a similar style to aggression based hockey, who's 100% effort all the time. He, his game is not predicated in, in, in on speed it's not predicated on skill it's predicated on aggression and grit that's not a game that lasts into your 35 36 37 i'll say this about him he, he's got a good shot he's got a good nose for the net um he's great in the corners um by the way the funny thing about him is he's not that great on faceoffs he's about 50 percent. you know that's about what his faceoff numbers are um what i do like about Kadri is he does nothing badly he does everything well He's a good penalty. He's a top-notch penalty killer. He can help your power play. He's he's steady on faceoffs. He's a great defensive forward. You know who you know. I I describe Kadri as this player. He's Michael Pecker on steroids. That's who I describe Kadri as. 
But, but let me ask you this, like when you say, you know, you're bringing up these, you know, secondary and, and tertiary reasons that, that you like him. He does everything well. Um, you know, he kills penalties. He does this. He does that. I, I don't know. It's not worth, in my opinion, just like the Anders Lee contract okay. wasn't worth a seven. This isn't worth a seven, especially at that age. I, I And, oof, my God, 32 years old. I, I cannot imagine him coming close to replicating anything of what he did last year. And this is a guy, mind you. He has been on the first few years in Toronto. That team was bad. No doubts, no quarrels about that. But when he was entering the prime of his career, 25, 26, 27, that Toronto team was a good Toronto team and a highly powered offensive team. That Colorado team was another highly powered offensive team. Now he's going probably to the worst offensively talented team that he's been on since he was in the young years of that Toronto Maple Leaf squad. You know, do we see do we see some of that performance where it's not like, hey, I'm putting up 50 plus points a year. I'm in a spot where, oh, you know, I, I'm maybe I'm lucky if I'm hitting 20 goals a season. Um, I think initially he'll be fine as far as he's not putting up 87 points. And you guys can all leave that dream right there at the door. But I, I do think he'll he'll put up 55, maybe 25 goals in that range. Um, and he'll probably do it for two or three years. After that, the drop-off's going to hit. He's going to be a bottom six forward after three years. I'm just telling you that right now. Um, I think he stays top six for three years. And then you're going to have four years left at $28 million. And as I stated, um, if the contract's not structured correctly, you can't get rid of it. And, I, and in three more years, the cap's going to take a giant boost, more than people realize. It's going to take about a $10 million jump because the revenue streams in the NHL are very healthy, extremely healthy. And when they go to that new CBA, the players are going to cash in on that CBA. They were promised by the ownership. So you're going to get like a $9, $10 million cap boost. But you still have a bad contract that you can't spend that money on. I I mean, you look at – okay, anytime I think about the CBA, the, the NHL's players union is – the word if you look at it they always lose every single time their players union is the weakest players union they cave every time it comes around because the ownership group will just say that's eh, fine eat it we won't play hockey and it's like it's you know yeah you know i don't know so i'll be interested to see how much the cap increases but i just hate to be so dependent on oh well the cap's going to increase you know it's going to make it more palatable this hideous contract. I, I talked and mentioned this before on the show. If we were so hell bent on bringing a center in, Vinny Trocheck, younger, I think more talented player, was just given a seven year, seven million per. And I think he would age, he's going to age better than, than Nazem Kadri. I think both contracts aren't bad. I, th- I, don't, I think both contracts are bad, but the Vinny Trocheck contract, I think, is better than what we're going to give Nazem Kadri. Of over overall over the span of the seven years, I have to concur. I do think Kadri right now is a better player than Vinny Trocheck. The problem with that is, is that in two or three years he won't be a better player than Vinny Trocheck. That's the problem with it. Um, I, I do, as I said, it's it's not a contract I like. I screamed about this before free agency about please don't do this, but I also understand the circumstance. I understand who our who our general manager and team president is. I understand he's on a short he's on a short term here. He's going to be here for, for this year and maybe one to two more years max. So his deal is here's my two, three-year window. I'm going to throw everything I can now to win a cup, and I don't care what scraps I leave behind when I leave. Let somebody else worry about it. That's what that's what this is. That's a t- totally what this is. Whoever follows me, you clean it up. What are your thoughts about that? 
my thoughts are you get you get what you hire. If you want to hire somebody in that at that age who doesn't have a future, I would expect them to do that. Are you a fan that yelling? Because here's the thing: I'm a fan that if I was there, I'd be yelling at this, at, at yelling from the rooftops that this is a this is going to right. It's going to ruin. The, it's going <laughs> to it's going to ruin the future. I'm not a fan of it. I think he needs to be yanked out by the freaking coattail. To be honest with you, because I think that his age, you're right, just as you'd mentioned, he's running on, he's got limited time left, and he's just looking completely out for how can I win a cup? And I think that if ownership is having the same mindset of, well, okay, yeah, let's just try to go after a cup for the next year, two years, and I guess we're blowing it up and we're starting over from scratch from a full-on reset for the next five to ten. And that's assuming, hey, we go ahead and pull this liver and flip on this light and every single pick we we select all pans out. I just think it's so foolish of an ownership group, right? They own the team long-term. It's not like they're here for a short-term. That's why I have a hard time Maybe. believing that they're on board for it. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, so you're thinking they're already trying to sell. Not yet. Um, they are real estate people. Mm. Can we deal with that reality? They are. The Malkins are very big real estate people. They have doubled the value of the New York Islanders. We are now in, by the way, up around eight or ninth or in, in league value. So they have made this team worth a lot more money than what they paid for it. Mm. So at some point when they're finished with the hotel, when they're finished with the rail, and the real estate that is top level here, why not sell? That's business. Yeah. They've got a product to sell and a sponsorship for the next 20 years sitting on their building from the most richest bank in the world. They have the Heineken sponsorship. There's a lot of money in the New York Islands right now. I don't think people realize that. They made a ton of money last year. And that's this whole fisherman thing, which we can talk about later of them getting greedy with this, trying to, to make a few more dollars, no matter what the fans want or don't want. I wanted the fisherman. I don't know who, I, like, you know, I mean, it's going to be there for that third jersey, not that I don't want to bring it aside. That third jersey is there to create revenue. That's all it's there for. I didn't want him literally just to, to throw in an off color Islander home jersey and say, here you go, this is our third jersey. I thought that was so incredibly lazy. Like, ugh. Just incredible. Young this. fans want the fisherman because it looks cool. It's interesting. All right. What year? What are we? What are we celebrating this season? Fifty Island. years of Islanders hockey. Fifty years of Islanders hockey. We're you know, also we're celebrating the beginning of the end. We should be celebrating the good part of our history this year and the successes and all the good stories that have transcended the New York Islanders. Or do you want to bring up? For this specific year, and it's bring up the worst period of time that the Islanders ever had in their history, which centered around Spano, the fisherman jersey, and you're going to center your 50th anniversary around that. The jersey That's was it, how, long, how long was the jersey intact for? One three season, years. three. One years. season, two years, two years, yeah. three years. Okay, three years. three years with that jersey. Okay, it might, it might have been two plus because I think they phased it out in one of the years. If I remember, because they started splitting different jerseys one year. We had the pumpkin jersey, if you remember that thing, which was hideous. Um, you know, I guess I, guess I don't. I guess I don't really care too actually much. Actually, it is two. It was two years we had it. I'm sorry, thinking about it, we had it for two years. I think and the we, hatred. I think the hatred for that jersey is somewhat. 
I have Great certain jersey. things that piss me off for no reason, but like the hatred for that jersey, just I don't I don't understand it. Not, okay, the not the colors. Bad. Oh, it's it's it, it it represents a time period, a bad time period. I don't know. It looks interesting. It looks nice. Then get somebody else to whip up something new. If we're so hell bent on not wanting to reintroduce as a third jersey, we should have done something creative last year to do something completely new. But- colors are good, TJ. The colors of the jersey were fun. Mm-hmm. I liked them. I even liked the lighthouse patch thing. I love the lighthouse patch, which is a real true symbol of Long Island. I thought that was a a, a nice touch. Um, look, it, it it's always looked like the character on the Gordon's Fisherman's box. Okay. It looks like a knockoff of it. I'm sorry, <laughs> it does. And you're in the 50th anniversary. It should be nothing but this traditional logo. We're celebrating our anniversary. You want to do it next year in year 51? Then fine, do it next year. You want to play? go back to Fisherman for three or four games? Go ahead. Not this season. Mm. We're celebrating our successes of 50 years, not our failures. Well, the teams had more failure than success, so we could, I mean, you could extrapolate that to like, yeah. hey, I didn't like that we sold, I didn't like that we sold honey-roasted peanuts in the stadium. Get rid of them! We saw, I, I, I don't know, like, when I'm, when, I'm looking, when I'm looking at the jersey, it doesn't bother me at all. Sure, we had a two, I think it was two years, a two-year time, two or three-year time period where we struggled with that jersey. Ah, uh, okay, you know, how many years ago was that? We're looking at 30, 30 something years ago. Well, please remember something about that. I mean, it was it's more than just that the team was losing games then. Okay. We had the one of the most embarrassing moments in our in our in our franchise's history, which is what which was just as much Gary Bettman's fault, if not more Gary Bettman's fault, that they allowed an owner to get past uh the commissioner's office and all the other owners who had no money. That was one of the most embarrassing things we've ever experienced. They they sold the team to a pauper. I don't know how the hell that happened. <laughs> oh, guess, ladies and gentlemen, grumpy old man makes his return. The grumpy old man who was grumpy. I'm shocked to see you tonight because you had told me that with that Osmond Quadri signing, seven years, seven million per. Grumpy, what's going on in the background of your house? You said seven million, seven, seven years, seven million per. That you said, I'm starting to question my fandom. Didn't you, Grumpy? You said you're willing to throw in the towel. That was it. You were done with the Islanders, Grump, because you'd never see him win a cup again after that contract. It sounds like something that you just made up for the show. I, actually, the reason why I'm late today is uh, a friend of my son's is getting ready to go over to Iraq. So we had him over the house and, uh, you know, for a leave the country dinner. A leave, a leave the country dinner. Well, Grumpy, why don't, you, why don't you mute yourself when you're not speaking too, but that's, you're, you're okay to be late. No worries, Grumpy. We'll let you off the hook this time. Um, but Grump, I, you know, I, I tell you one thing. I, you know, we have talked about Nazem Kadri, the seven years, seven million per and we kind of have talked about what type of impact that's going to have on the team. Um, you know, short term, maybe it helps. Uh, again, I, now, now, Coach Tommy B was mentioning, I'm sorry, I think we kind of got derailed. Coach Tommy B, you were mentioning a little bit about the other moves that may happen. You said that, that number one, Josh Bailey is probably on the way out, going to be packaged up with a guy like Kiefer Bellows on the way out. 
Yes, and I, and I wanted to ask you, Grumpy, personally that. I mean, I don't know how you, I would imagine you don't like the Cadre deal at all. Maybe you like the first year or two, and then you hate the rest of it. I, I wanted to ask you personally that if that means sacrificing Bailey, does that lessen the blow for you? Uh, for me, seven years, if it's, you know, truly what they say, seven years, seven million per, I I think it's a, I think it's a bad deal. So you're going to pay Nazem Kadri, whose game is not going to age well, till 39 years old at $7 million per. Bailey's only got two years left. And, you know, if they move Kiefer Bellows to move Bailey, whatever, uh, they don't think obviously very highly of him. Uh, sometimes you have to make sacrifices. Um, but I think that's way too much money and way too much term for a guy who just came off a career year. I mean, let's be honest, right? scoring what 30% more than he had in any previous year. I, I'm just never a fan of something like that. Will he make the team better initially? Probably yeah. because I think, I think he's certainly better, but now you're moving guys in other positions where they're not comfortable or familiar. And we're going to have to find out about team chemistry. True. Uh, team chemistry is always an issue. Um, and what, what if this turns out to be more explosive than people realize, that there's another giant move following this? What, what type of giant move are you are you hinting at or indicating? What if they're still in talks with Vancouver to also trade for JT Miller and they had both of them? Holy shit. What a colossal mistake. Because are you gonna are you just gonna trade for JT Miller and have him on a short term? Or are we gonna trade for JT Miller and maniac Lou? Lackluster, the, the madman at the freaking wheel, the mad hatter will sign JT Miller. You can't just trade him as a rental, right? You would assume we're gonna sign JT Miller long term. And based off the way we give contracts to veterans, my God, we're gonna be overpaying for a guy like JT Miller also. It's gonna be, you know that that nail I said we're hammering into the coffin? It's gonna be like we're pouring cement in freaking bedrock. We're gonna be we're gonna be buried down to the bedrock and the core and the mantle of the earth. If we're gonna if we're gonna trade for JT Miller, you think we're gonna resign him, don't you? Go ahead, Grumpy. What do you think? I, for me, I think if you're making a trade like that, you're going to want to resign him, right? Now, if you ask me, would I rather make a trade for JT Miller or sign Nazem Kadri? For me, JT Miller fits better than Nazem Kadri does. He's younger. Uh, he's got speed to his game. He'd be a natural fit with Matt Barzal. I think I, I would like that better. I mean, I, I don't I can't imagine them honestly trading for what would what would you give up to get a JT Miller? I mean, I don't know. I don't want to trade any more draft picks. You're talking you first off, the if, if what if the rumors that are out there are flying around, okay, and they are moving Pajot as well. Okay, and they're getting assets for Pajot, and they're flipping those assets and sending a Bavillier and a Mayfield over to Vancouver, um, which means Hutton is your new third-pairing right-handed defensive, which actually I like personally. Hutton at three years, 775K to me is almost as valuable as Mayfield, and it's on the third pair. So I don't want to pay Mayfield $4 million a year after this year to play on the third pair anyway. I'd rather have Brent Hutton. Um, and I liked what I saw out of Hutton, so I'm actually for that move. If, if it works out like something like that, and then now you've added JT Miller to Barzell's line and Kadri is Pajot's replacement, um, are we positioned better to win a cup over the next couple of years? You're going to pay $7 million for a third-line center? 
That right. does that is right up Lou's alley, actually. Seven million dollars for a third line guy. What a freaking colossal blunder that would be. Let me ask you this. I mean, like, okay, sure, we're maybe better positioned, but my God, now I assume we're gonna re-sign back JT Miller, right? And I I'll tell you, I would be shocked if it would be that cheap. Anthony Bavillier, Scott Mayfield, and and I, I can't remember what other, what other piece you said was thrown in there, but well, that, whatever. If you're getting picks and whatever for for a Paggio trade, and you're you're getting picks of prospects and that type of trick, because a desirable player. If you're getting that back for him, you're going to flip it to Vancouver. Wow, I I don't know. I it, you know it seems to me like they're just desperate. They're desperately trying to cling on to the last couple of years with this group. Where I just I'm just don't I don't believe in that. I think you have a young defense core, young goaltending, a couple of wingers. I just for me I just don't see doubling down on old. I just think it's a mistake. But 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 he is old. I, then you know what? Get rid of him. Then get rid of him. I don't care that they think this, they think that he hasn't won a cup since 2003. That's ancient history. That's ancient history. It is. But. I mean, if he's going to go for it, then go for it. And, you know what? and then it, my attitude is this. If he's going to go for it, just freaking go for it. We'll, we'll do the two or three years where, we, where we're, we're relevant, and then we're going to have to do a full-on freaking rebuild, which I'm never thrilled with to do. But, also, you know, you know how the rebuilds are, Grump. You have to get lucky in rebuilds. You have to, get, you have to win a lottery. You, you know, you have to hit a couple of picks that you were not expected to hit. You know, when you, you rebuild, that. you know – We've been through rebuilds that have failed. The Brown fans, we know all about rebuilds. But we've had a few picks that I think have really panned out well for us, and we're going to squander that because of because of blind lust. Sorokin, right? He's a guy who's a top five netminder in the NHL, a third round pick, right? That's one we've really benefited from. I think a guy like Matt Barzal has the potential. I still do think he has the potential to be an elite player. I think Atu Ratu has the potential to be one of those really solid top six forwards and a guy who's a second round pick. We've had so many selections of guys that have panned out and guys that we found and identified later, like Adam Pellick, right? Another third round pick, a guy who's a very serviceable, very serviceable defensive defenseman. I'd argue one of the best in the league. And we're going to squander that away because when we hit full on rebuild, Sorokin, I'm sure, doesn't want to stay around for a full-on rebuild. I'm yeah, sure he'll probably be signed long-term by then. Why yeah, would he I mean, want? To, he's got two years left on his contract, right? Yeah, but he wants a long-term deal with the Islanders. He's he, that's that's next summer's work. Um, basically, you know, you might see Valamov get a an extension of a short-term deal where he's getting two and a half or three because they they're like we all know they're best friends. They love playing with one another. But when Sorokin, when it comes, I don't think people realize what Sorokin's going to get paid. When he, when it's time to pay him, we're talking eight million a year, guys. I wouldn't doubt it. Okay, we're that's, talking eight, that's, eight five. That's why signing guys like Nazem Kadri to a seven-year deal, or going ahead and trading for a guy like JT Miller and signing him to an astronomical contract is just boneheaded. Because you have the players, he's not JT Miller's not a cornerstone piece of the franchise. Nazem Kadri's not a cornerstone piece of the franchise. Just like Andrews Lee, who we signed a contract, is not a cornerstone piece of the franchise. And you look at it and you say, "We, the fa- I'm worried the fan base is going to pay for this reckless, reckless decision making by Lou Lamarillo. It's the fan. It's you and I. It's you, I, and Grump. It's everybody who listens to this show are going to be the ones who have to pay for this because we're just blindly, just freaking recklessly going after this." one year where I think the window may have already shot. 
if we and here's my here's my question to every Islander fan to you guys out here. If he rolls the dice for this two or three year period, and then he when he leaves, which is what I think he's doing, and then he walks away and says, "Do you guys clean up the mess? Your new regime? You guys rebuild the team?" That's what I told you earlier. But he does manage to pull the one cup out of the hat, and we do we roll the dice and we win a cup. Is it worth it? What do you think? That you They're not. We're not winning the cup. We're not winning. Well, I know the odds are against it, but it's over. It's over. It's over. This group is over. I don't care whatever type of patchwork you want to try to do with this aged group. It's over. This group is over. It's done. Okay. You have guys, the majority of the players on this team now who are over 30, their, their production is just going to go downhill. And you want to bring in more 30-year-olds? I'm sorry. And then you said, you know, maybe after two to three years, rolling the dice again. Then you go full rebuild. Bye-bye. Then you have Pulak and Pelik. You know, you have to replace them as well because they're going to be on the back. No adoption. Bridge contract is going to be expiring around then, too. We're going to lose no adoption, perhaps. It's so short-sighted. And here's the thing. Ownership, honestly, ownership believes in Lou Lamarillo. Great. You know what? I used to as well. He served his purpose when he came here. He gave us legitimacy. He that's right. He brought in Barry Trotz and he turned this franchise around. Okay. I had no problem with him letting Barry Trotz go. Obviously, the team did not perform for him last year. They just didn't. And here's the thing. Lou Lamarillo. I'm sorry, it's not 1990 anymore. It's not 2000. It's 2020. You're 80 years old. Move on from him. If the if the answer is, let's double down on this roster that was 16 points out of a playoff spot, and you think we're going to turn around and be legitimate Stanley Cup contenders, you're crazy. I, I'm sorry. Uh, anyone who thinks that is just they're just insane. Right. And if the ownership group thinks that, they ain't been paying attention. Tommy, I know you believe. No, that, I'm going right? to tell you why this is a wild card thing and. I, I've stated this before, okay? Um, first of all, I love the Romanoff move. I don't know how you guys really – I mean, I've watched the show. I think you guys were approved of the Romanoff move. He's, he's, I like it. He, I like it. I mean, for a 13th overall pick, you got more of a, a surefire player than you did at the 13th overall pick. And I think Romanoff fills a very big hole for this team that was severely missing last year. This is the thing when I look at this team. There's something I look at, I think, that all fans don't always look at. And that is that we, we're in possession of a goaltender who is so special. And I, I think people don't, you know, I think people underestimate how special Sorokin is. When that guy's on top of his game, there is nobody better. When he's on his game, he is the most talented, gifted goaltender in this sport. If you get him to a playoff round and you have a good defense and Sorokin's on his game, they can run. If the hard part is, you don't know if that's going to happen. You don't know when you walk in if he's off his game. If he's, you know, you never know. Remember when St. Louis won their cup? They won that off of Bennington. He was insane in those playoffs. He just, yeah, they, yeah, but they had they had some pretty good offensive talent on that did. team too. Under, I mean, that's the difference between every other team in the league and us, in my I, opinion. I want to ask a question. Tommy B just said. When Sorokin's on his game, he's fantastic. He's dialed in. That's 100% right. Now, let me ask you Let me ask you this. Going back to what this does kind of towards the future of the team, because I think that that is where I, I you know, I can't stress import, the importance enough on it. Romanoff is going to be signed on a bridge deal. I don't anticipate he's signing an eight-year contract coming up. You're going to have the bridge deal of Romanoff, the bridge deal of Dobson, all expiring at the same time period when this team is spiraling out of control. What makes what makes us think that they're going to want to sign for an absolutely cluster 
an absolute cluster of a team like the Islanders. What's to say, right? And we talk about that trade. And this is now, now why I'm 100% on board of a massive overpay for Romanoff. I think if you make this move and you go ahead and try to trade for a guy like JT Miller and we sign into that long-term contract, not only have we just gone ahead and cemented in like 10-year rebuild, now we've cemented in when those bridge contracts are up for Dobson and Romanoff, they're both walking. Well, they're I not necessarily walking. We, we might, if we decide to do a massive rebuild at that point, we're going to trade them for assets. That's that's part of a massive rebuild. When you get to a certain part, you trade your good pieces to get younger pieces to start your rebuild. I just they are younger pieces. You see what I they mean? They are though? right now, but three, four years from now, they're, they're now their prime. 24, 24, entering the prime. They're, they're still a young piece. And, that's and why this move of signing Godfrey was, was moronic because you had the pieces that are there that are going to allow you to, even if you did a soft rebuild or a retool and you took one year back but you really gone ahead and said we've cemented in we've cemented in success in the future because i think that our back four and our goalie right top end of the league i think we're number 1 regarding netminder and the top and their defensive pairings i don't i don't mind if they want to trade for a guy who's like a Romanov age, 20 or somebody 23, 24 for the offensive group. I don't want to trade for guys who are in their 30s and they give them long deals because it's it just it, it just flat out won't work. It just will not work. And the signing of Kadri till he's 39 years I'm old, that's that, just John. insane. I'm not for it at all. It's just I mean, that's just insane as far as I just insane. And then to try to double down by getting JT Miller, I just I don't understand it. We're not good enough. You had those two pieces. Realistically, where are we in the where are we in conference? Seven, maybe seven. I'd say, no, I'd say James. No, no, no. I think I think if they, if, they, if they added Miller and Kadri right now, as it pertains to this season, I think they battle for the division. The Whoa. problem is oh, I don't. The, the, the problem is, see, I think you guys, I think you guys are overestimating a little bit. Like I liked what Pittsburgh did. I think Pittsburgh's going to be right there again this year. Um, Carolina made a lot of crazy moves, and now Pacioretty's going to be out for six or seven months. So that's a big hit for them. So I think they're vulnerable. And, you know, I am I am one person. I'll tell you all this right now. I can see a Rangers fullback. There's so many things about that team where I see things with that team. If you think Shostak is going to have the exact same season again, you're out of your mind. That was an all-time season. He's not going to have that again. And I don't like that. I still don't like their defense. And – other than other than adding Trocheck, I thought their depth got hit a lot in free agency, which was a key to their run was their depth. When you when you well, they have a lot of young. They, they also have a lot of young yeah. talent, so that they don't have to pay a whole lot. That's a difference between them and us. I mean, okay, even if they take a little bit of a step back, let's say some of their older players take a step back, you're going to see Lafreniere and Kaku. You're going they're Andre actually going to yeah. take a step back. Lafreniere, I think will. I, I like Lafreniere. I think he's going to become a thirty goal scorer in this league. I think Kako is going to be a bust. You you had mentioned I, I want to I want to talk about before you, you take it somewhere else, Grump. You mentioned what the Islanders you think they can compete for a division could, to win the division. If, if in I this don't. hold on in this scenario we've replaced essentially Kadri for Jean Gabriel Pajot. I think that's a little bit of an upgrade. But Jean Gabriel Pajot peak. In this area, Miller is going for Bailey and Pavilion. Okay, so we've added. So what we've essentially done 
is we've gone ahead and added Romanov in the offseason, right? I think anybody was an improvement over uh, over Char and Green. It didn't really have to be anything special. Anything would have been a, mar- a marketable upgrade. Our goaltender has the ability to pull absolute magic saves out there and has the ability to stand on his head. And I didn't think you needed a guy who was going to be, hey, he's a bedrock piece. But whatever, we determined to go that way. You've essentially gone ahead and replaced Kadri for Jean-Gabriel Pajot, Miles will say that's somewhat of a swap with a slight, a slight increase. And now you've added one left winger. So you've added one wing. You've lost Anthony Bavillier. You've gone ahead and said Josh Bailey's gone, which I'm happy about. But yeah, what I'd say that. What? Bavillier is a middle six guy. Bavillier is a middle six guy. But I'm saying essentially all you've done in the offseason was replace Romanoff or Chara. And add a, and add a top six and That's, add a top line winger for well, a guy. Miller like, is a legitimate top one player right now. Do we want it? Do we want to talk about it? Each move and the players are replacing because I think Romanov is a vast improvement over Char. Yes, anybody was an improvement over Char. And whoever they bring in, like Tommy, I don't know if I was talking about maybe bringing in uh, Calvin DeHaan to split the season with with uh, Robin Sallow. And then by playoff time, Salo's ready to roll. And I think you – now, who was the – again, just refresh my memory. The deal for Miller would be hypothetically Scott Mayfield. Bavillier, and if they're, if they're making the Pajot move, they're going to take those assets and flip them, which they're going to – Yeah, see, for me, I'm not flipping those assets. I'm sorry. If I'm getting rid of J.G. Pajot, there's no way I'm flipping those assets. And here's the thing. Vancouver's up against it as well. Yeah, they are. Because they know he's not signing back. So if you send them a Scott Mayfield who solidifies their back and you send them a Bavillier and you send them a Bailey, that the contracts are uh, no. I, no, I, I think they'd have to they pay a little bit yeah, more. more. But here's the thing. Okay, but Bavillier, okay, he's a downgrade for Miller. Let's be honest, Miller is a top line player for right. us, without a doubt. We have to subtract forwards off our group anyway. Did you did okay. you think we were – when it comes down to – did you really think that we were one forward and one defenseman away from winning a cup last year? I did. Two forwards two forwards and one defenseman from being a competitive well, – You know, it's funny because you're saying last year. was very similar. I think they're very similar. Can, can we look at it? Two years ago, we were one scoring forward away from winning a cup. We just have subtracted a Hall of Fame caliber head coach for an unknown quantity. And I think that's not looked at yeah, enough because true. that worries the hell out of me. But it's it's a very it's it's a you know there was a lot of tension between Lou and Trotz. I mean, even though they're friends, um, the Taze thing tore them apart. A lot of people don't know that the Devon Taze move tore the two of them apart because Lou wanted to keep Taze and Trotz wanted Taze out of here, and then they lose Game Seven to Tampa Bay, where in Lou's head. If I had Taze, we beat Tampa Bay and we win the cup. That's what's in Lou's head. I'm telling you, I know the man. That I agree with that. That put something right in between them. It destroyed their relationship. We talked about that hypothetical that maybe that was day the, the the emergency podcast the night of. I thought that that maybe had split them apart. But what I'm talking about here is we have replaced essentially. We've taken an upgrade as a left wing. We've taken an upgrade on our third line center, and we have now taken an upgrade on our second hold on on our second pairing right handed defenseman. And we've taken a massive downgrade in the head coaching department. I don't we think don't that's know that, that it's a wild card. We don't know. 
Do you think what do you think the odds and the likelihood is that Lane Lambert steps in as a first year head coach and has more success than Barry Trotz? I think about last year. I'm thinking this year coming in, right? If we look at what we've had in the past, what do you think the odds are that Lane Lambert comes in as a first first time head coach? Never been a head coach in the playoffs, never been a head coach when it comes down to an 82 game season. Never ever. Not even been having a time period of interim head coach, never been a head coach. What do you think the likelihood that he's going to be a better head coach than Barry Trot? Barry Trotz had his flaws. Lane Lambert's going to have his flaws too. What do you think the odds are he's better? He doesn't have to be better. All he has to be is close. And here's the thing, right? Here's the one thing that you want from Lane Lambert. Give everyone a legit chance to play best players play. That was not the case. Competition creates a better, a better environment. That's what it does. And here's the thing. You know what? Barry Trotz would never bench a veteran over a younger guy, freaking ever. If Lane Lambert does that once, he starts benching some vets, you watch their game pick up. Who did they bench? I think they benched Bailey for a couple of games yeah, or two last year. And all of a sudden, man, he came out like he was, you know, you know, Gretzky he's not even going to be here. I want to make a Lambert point here to everybody that's listening. This, this is very true. How many playoff series did Barry Trotz win before Lane Lambert became his right-hand man? How many? None. None. One. How long One. has Lane Lambert been his right-hand man for? Uh, almost 12 years. So, Long so time. yeah. And, and and he's he's been a head coach in the league for 20 years, and he had the rebuild and, and, the, and the fresh off the boat, uh, fresh team there in Nashville for the, the expansion team. So I'm, I'm not expecting an expansion team to do, you know, much success-wise. And pretty much he's been paired up with him ever since. Okay, but, but, but the whole thing is – I think you're again. You're underselling Lane Lambert. What I'm doing. He's been, he, he's been a top assistant for for a decade. A top assistant. He's uh, he's least of my can worries. I, I, I worry about the guys on the ice, not the ones behind. Can I tell you the bench. something else about Lane Lambert that a lot of people didn't know about this marriage with him and Trotz. In traditional head coaching roles, the head coach is normally the disciplinarian. Am I correct, Rob? And in this yeah, marriage, that's certainly not the Lambert case. was a disciplinarian of this team, not Barry Trotz. That's fact. True. Yeah. Whenever somebody was getting on the players, who was it? Was it Trotz or was it Lambert? Lambert. You see it all the time. I think we've deviated away from the point I was trying to make. I said we've taken a step forward on our first line left wing. For certain we have of bringing in Nick Miller. Massive. Massive I just upgrade. Said we did. Massive we upgrade. Did. And we've and okay, we've and we've taken a step forward on the third line center role. I think that Kadri's better. See, I think Kadri's a better player see, than John Gabriel. John Gabriel pressure okay. brings a lot, but I think Kadri's a little bit of a step forward. See, for me, not as a third line center. I think they're almost interchangeable as third line center as a third line center. Mind, give them give them the same or a slight increase. I'm just playing devil's advocate. And you've taken a step forward of Romanoff over Char, a big step forward. Massive, I think you take massive. a step backwards in the head coaching department. I don't think I, mm. I don't feel confident saying first time head coach is going to step in and be better than Hall of Fame coach Barry Trotz. I just I I, I tangibly can't say that. No, that's we fair came into this offseason. We came into this offseason saying we needed two forwards and a defenseman at least. And what have we done? We're going to interchange a center. We're going to bring in one forward who's coming off of a career year in Vancouver, and we're going to bring in a defenseman who's, you know, a, a defensive defenseman by nature is good in transition. That's still not enough with the the unknown quantity at head coach. I like, the, I love the Romanov move. 
first of all. Now, we'll have to see if he can pair with Dobson. Yeah, I'm not trying to say but, that. But if he can, if like I said, there's a lot of ifs and buts and a bag of and nuts That's going typical on. typical of a lot of teams, a lot of ifs. Right? But if he comes in and is really good with Dobson, your defense core is set. Yep. And you move Mayfield. What was I saying? Even last week I said – when the deadline comes, no matter where we are in the playoff hunt, you move Mayfield for assets. Where my concern is, and the same thing, you move Varlamov for assets. I don't care if he's Sorokin's best friend. You re-sign him after the season's over. You give him a chance to play in the playoffs. That's that's my way of thinking. And then Pajot, okay, he didn't look anything like the Pajot of old. Was he still injured? Is he on the downside being 29, 30 years old and playing that style play? If you have to move him, you have to move him. Bavillier, same thing, up and down. Bailey, addition by subtraction. I don't mind moving some of those guys out. What I don't want to do, what I absolutely don't want to do is move a J.G. Pajot and get, you know, like a first-round pick or whatever. I don't even know what he's worth. But I'm sure he'd be worth a first-round pick to somebody yes, at the deadline, without a doubt. I am not moving those assets because I know that the team, the day of reckoning is upon us. So I'm not moving picks. I'm absolutely not moving picks. And Tommy, you mentioned earlier, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you don't pick well, well, you're not going to pick well if you're not picking in the first round because that's where most of the talent Hard. is. And we just continually make those trades for older veteran players who have not panned out for the most part. We haven't won any cups. We haven't won any division titles. We've won nothing. Stop doing it. I know Lou Lamarillo is 80 years old, and I, I hate hearing this, the excuse, well, he's too old for rebuild. Well, you know what? If he would have done the rebuild, like I said, at 75, he'd be right now in the in the core of you it. You piss me but off every time you say that. Yeah, but but but, but something happened. You know, we look, you guys remember when, when Tavares left and Lou takes over. And introduces Trot, and they have a press conference, and they tell the Island the fan, "Patience, you know we lo we've lost the big player. We're probably not going to be a playoff team till year three. You remember this, right?" He said, "We're probably not going to mm -hmm. be a playoff team till year three. And then all of a sudden, the team takes off. They weren't expecting that to happen, so it deviated how they thought. It changed it. I said, like, "Can we trade this team off when they're we're we're in second place in the division? We're going to make we're making the playoffs. We can't." Trade Brock Nelson for an asset. You know, if you remember, you know what I'm talking. We had assets to trade that year. We can't trade these guys because we're going to the playoffs now. So remember that team. He didn't even add. He just he kept them together and said go. But that did that changed the whole process of what they were doing. They were planning on selling and rebuilding, and then that happened. And at that point, you're in. You're in. You know, like like the Godfather. You know, you pulled me back in. That's exactly what happens there. Lou Lamarillo's never got to do rebuild. He's been hideous. Anytime he's not a guy who does a fantastic job in any category of the selling of assets. He's in no way, shape, or form a guy I would ever trust with a rebuild. You say do the rebuild when he's seventy-five. He's not successful when he does that. He is. He would if you were doing a rebuild. He's not the right candidate. He's not rebuilding okay. right now either. That's correct. Unfortunately, here's the thing: if I'm an owner, if I'm the owner, he'd be gone already. He'd already I be agree. gone. He would have been gone after I would have, and I've said this, I wanted to rebuild as soon as they got here. And the reason why is because they had the cachet, Trotz and Lamarillo, and this right from day one. The fans would say, okay, we're willing to do one more rebuild. 
with the before the season even started, before you lost to you lost Tavares. When you lost Tavares, well, you know what? It is what it is. The next year, I never would have re-signed Lee, never would have re-signed Everly, and I probably wouldn't have re-signed Nelson either. Okay, hindsight being 2020, his contract is paid out. The other two guys, colossal flops, right? That's what happens when you sign guys who are 30 years old to long-term. Well, Lee's deal is not a colossal and, flop. You can definitely say he's overpaid, but he's he's produced re- relatively well. I mean, but the problem is he has left, and we don't know what those three years are going to be like. He's been average. He's been average, not even close to – like I said, to me, he's not worth $5 million a year. All he does is stand in front of the net. You can find anybody to do that. He's good at it. He's good at it, but he's not good at anything else on the ice. He's not but good at anything not else. Not a lot of players do want to do that. A lot of players don't want to take that beating. They don't want to stand in – look, at the, the, so many guys play in the perimeter today. I watch this sport. It, it's a it's a fast breakout perimeter game. You don't get a lot of players like the Dave Anderchuk type guys who will just sit there and say, beat the crap out of me and I'm going to score the goal. You don't get a lot of those guys right. Right, because that's not the way the game is played anymore, which makes him even more of a dinosaur and more useless because that's all he does. I mean, he hurt Matt Barzell's game, just hurt it because he doesn't, he never fit with him. Never fit with him. He does he fit, it's weird. He fit well with Tavares, really well. He fit like a glove with Tavares, right? Part of that probably is because Tavares isn't the dynamic skater that Barzell is. And Tavares was more of a straight-ahead guy. And Tavares is a very strong guy. He was able to always fight off checks. Barzell's a zigzag, lightning-quick guy, and then you have this slow winger coming down. So it's it's not necessarily a good fit. I don't think Lee should play with Barzell. To, to me, Tavares is a better player than Matt Barzell. Overall, yes. Just, oh, absolutely. And he makes players around him better. He made how many guys? He made Anders Lee. He made Kyle Ocposo. He made Matt Molson. He made P.A. Parento. Matt Barzell does not make players. You need to surround him with guys who play like him. That's why I wanted Johnny Gaudreau this offseason. That's, that's I tough. thought that would have been a really – now, I was all for that. Kadri, absolutely not. Was I willing to give a seven-year contract to Johnny uh, Gaudreau? Absolutely, I was. He'd have it till he's 35, first of all. Because he's 20, 28. So he was going to go till 35 and his game's going to age well. Kadri at 32, having a career year. I'm sorry. I mean, when you look up blunders in free agency, that's what you see guys who are that age group getting long term deals off career Whoa. years. And that'll, that'll be the case here, too. That'll be the, I mean, what realistically, how many points you expect him to point to uh, score for the Islanders this year? 50? 55. Maybe 55? 55. Okay. Okay, is that worth seven million dollars a year? It's not to it, me. It's only worth that if he if if his complete game, you know, his ability to play defense, check, penalty kill, annoy the opponent, help the power play, if all those things are part of the contribution and his leadership, that then That's then, then it makes it worth million. it on the short term. I just well, I was cool. You want to give him three years, twenty one million? Go ahead. I'm all right with that. Even though I know I'm overpaying a little bit, I'm all right with it. But seven, no, no. Yeah, I, I just to me, it's it's mind-numbingly dumb. It just is. It's just it's just stupid. And here's the thing: they keep on making the same dumb mistake year after year after year. And I mean, as an ownership group, you have to look and say, Lou, you told us where we were going, what we we're going to do. 
We're not there. We've gone backwards. Let's not forget three years ago, we don't even make the playoffs if not for the uh, for COVID. Well, we don't even make maybe, the playoffs. I mean, we were out of the playoffs. We we were out of the playoffs with on a seven game losing out. streak. We yeah. also had we had we we had a very easy stretch of games coming up. I we think, had just I know lost forget- San Jose and Detroit. Both teams were bottom five in the NHL. We were not making the playoffs. And we had a we was- had a relatively easy schedule coming up. We had gone through the hard part of our schedule. The Rangers had the hardest schedule left in the NHL from that date on. And I, as I remember, well, I said, just when the schedule comes out, we're going to end up pushing in. I said, I don't know if we're going to get knocked out in the first round. I said, but we're going to probably get in just because of the schedule. But, I mean, yeah, that was a disappointment on how – because we had that great start. You remember that unbelievable start right. that season, and then they just – they fell off, and it was probably from exhaustion more than anything. Well, but is that going to get – and last year, 54 games. Okay, you're able to maintain that style. This year, what happened? We just fell apart. We, we fell apart we right fell from apart. the start, though. Well, what does it tell you? Here's the thing. Our players are too comfortable on this team. Just too comfortable. It's a problem. And that's why I think that Lane Lambert being there is going to be an improvement. Hopefully. Hopefully. Because Barry Trotz, as we said, the lineup was set in stone at the end of the previous year. No one was getting another shot. I think it's doomed. I think the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think that this is – this is this is a colossal mistake. Yeah. It's a it's a colossal mistake because I, right you you look at JT Miller. He's going to play well, but oh, seriously, what system do you expect that we're going to run next year? I don't. It's going to be a hybrid. It's going to be a hybrid. It's not the exact same system. Lambert runs a hybrid. He's a little, and you watch him for for a handful of games. He's freer with his players. He lets his players be a little more instinctual. Okay. Um, it, Lambert's more of a, of a reward guy. If you're doing something and it's working, you can keep doing it. Um, but if you if you're trying to, if you're taking risk plays and you get burned, he's going to punish you for it. What makes you? So, how, what, what makes what? What's causing your thought on that? Just because again, he's only had three games where he's, he's been not there. Barry. He's not Barry Trotz. They're different people. They're, they're different personalities. Different sight. Different. They believe a little bit different about the game. Even though they meshed well, they had different philosophies. And by the way, Barry Trotz is a better coach than Lane Lambert. That's not what I'm arguing. When I said to you earlier before before Grump came on, as I said to you, though, the players may have more jump in their step this year with a new coach. They may be more into the games or even more nervous about being benched or losing playing time. That I think the team will have more jump just, just because of the change itself, that the players are going to play harder. But what makes you think that that's he's going to be more instinctual? He's going to be like that I, again. We've only seen, seen I've only seen three games of him as a head coach. I don't know what he's going to be. He's an unknown quantity at this point oh, to me. And, and maybe I think we can. If you're just hypothesizing, maybe we can hypothesize that nobody could possibly be worse than Barry Trotz in the certain areas he struggles in. Sure, but I I mean like the three games is such a short sample size. I really sure. can't say I got a strong feeling of what he's going to be. Did you did you see the younger players being more comfortable on the ice when he coached and and, and being more aggressive? Because I saw it and I've watched, rewatched the tapes. Two of those two of those games we played against what hideous teams, and then we got swept. We got I mean I I mean just ran out yeah. of the building against Washington. Yeah, but but under Barry Trotz, the young guys were always like they were walking on eggshells. I'm not saying that the the player relations won't be better. I think that you know it, it can't possibly get worse than they were under Barry Trotz. But regarding the system and what style we're going to play, I, 
I can't tell you I have with a lot of <laughs> with a. With, I feel confident that I could I could dictate or or, or go ahead and and, I, and uh, say yes. I, I believe the system we're going to run is X Y Z, and we're going to be much more instinctual. I can't say that because we've only seen three games. Well, sure, okay. But all I know is the younger players in particular played better under Lane Lambert. It seemed like the team had more juice. They were done with Barry Trotz. It was I was obvious to me. And at the end of the year, the veterans quit. Except for a couple. Matt Barzell called out the veterans on this team. And I tell you what, he was calling out that useless 27, the captain, that lazy dog. He was calling him out at the end of the year. I saw that interview. He was frustrated. That's a kid I want as captain. I don't care about Anders, uh, about Anders Lee. Well, he's a good captain. I don't care. You know what? For the good of the team, you give the captaincy to the best player on the team. That's what you do. And you take a step back like Dustin Brown did. When it was realized that Kopitar was just better, he took a step back. Here you go, kid. You take the C, I'll take the A. That's what a real leader does. I'm sorry. I just, no, look, like I said, for me. I agree. I envisioned um, when Barzell signed his big extension at UBS that they would give him the C. That was how I envisioned the future of the franchise. He's the billboard guy. He's the electric guy. People are paying to see Matt Barzell play. They're paying to see Ilya Sorokin play. Those are the guys people are first buying their tickets for, in fairness. This is why I bitched about the Goudreau thing. I said I said he's out of touch with, with the reality that on free agency day, if the Islanders had announced they had signed Johnny Goudreau, the, not just getting the player, the goodwill among the fans, the community, the marketing device you have there, would have lifted this organization up tenfold. Yes. And he struck out. We never win free agency. Imagine if we won free agency, what the fan base would be like. That matters to people. It, absolutely it does. You want to sell season tickets? Get Johnny Gaudreau on your Let team. me go back to a question that Coach Tommy B. asked earlier. You said, is it worth, <laughs> if we win a cup, is it worth being destitute for you know, maybe a ten plus year time period. If we're able to hold, it doesn't take hold ten on. years. It does not take Five. ten years. Hold on. F okay, assuming you hit. Okay, that's assuming your rebuild's done perfectly. If you screw up through, how, some teams it takes 10, 15, 20 years to rebuild because they can never get the right guy in charge. They can't find the right head coach, and the general manager is a sieve. If our ownership group sells, right? Who knows what the new ownership's going to be like, right? Because we had talked about these guys are real. They're real estate moguls. This guy's a real estate mogul. But my question was, if you win, right, the cup in two years, you said. If we want to cup in this two-year window and we have to rebuild for however long it is, I think it's going to be longer than most because I could just see it. Um, you said, is it worth it? What do you think the likelihood is that we can win a cup in this two-year time period? Because I think that's really important, right? We could say if we have a chance to win, what is that chance and likelihood? Zero. Uh, it's the zero. Coach Tommy B. I know I for you it's zero. zero. It's not zero. And, and, and you know what the fact of the matter is, Trump, is – it's very hard to even predict that right now until we see these guys play some games together and see if there's a chemistry level and if it's going to actually work. That's the hardest part about predicting things is until you see something with your eyes and watch it, you really don't necessarily know. Um, we, we don't truly know how the team's going to respond to Lambert. We don't know if his system, which is a little different than Trotz's, uh, helps these players, gives them more energy, lets them get through the season better, if it brings them a little more together as a unit. We don't we're not, these are real mysteries to all of us. These are. I, I well, I say zero because I look at the teams in front of us. 
and their blend of age, playing the modern style game, and their progression as they've gone on. And I just don't think we match up. Not with an older roster, we do we don't. If we had a younger group of forwards, we're in the mix. Our guys are old. I know that. After an 82-game season, we're worn out. The majority of the old players are worn out. Now, how you can do it, if you want to move Pajot for draft picks and you want to move you know, the other guy, I'm just not moving any more draft picks. This way, okay, for two years, we're riding with this group, but we're backfilling and we're not, we're absolutely not dealing any draft picks. We're not going at the at the deadline. Let's trade another first round pick. Let's trade next year's first. No, 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 not anymore. What we're trying to do is get assets back for these guys. So this way we're loaded up going into uh going into the draft. And then by the time those guys age out, these guys are ready to step in. That's how you can do it. Yes, and, and, and there's something I'm gonna point that if we do this little two-year thing. You're now at that point where it's time to trade Brock. It's time to trade Anders. You can get something for these guys. Even at their middle, even if Brock's a second round pick and Anders is a third round pick, whatever it might be. And we're going to then replace Nelson with Aturatu. Right? Yes. And you're going to replace Lee with William DeFore. And you're going to bring a couple of these younger guys in. Um, if you, you I, I agree with him. I, I we got to start to stockpile a few picks. I'm actually uh, on board with that. I think it's something that has to start to happen with this team because we have to prepare so that when we do this, we can hit faster on it so we don't have to suffer for five years, so we can suffer for two or three and then make the playoffs again and be excited again. So the, I, if you do I, I like right. both those young players I mentioned a lot, but you need more than two really good players in your system. If you do it right, go ahead, Grumpy. If you do it, if you do it right, you might not even have to suffer if you are able to implement the young players taking over for the old guys, and then you get the draft picks to come in, and you got you're going to have to hit on some draft picks. You are, but you have to be. Well, I loved what they did in this year's draft. Yes, absolutely loved it. They were all modern style NHL players. Speed, 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 and. For particularly from defense, the transition game. Yes. I've got to interrupt. You guys keep talking about the rebuild like it's five years. If we do it right, if we do this, let me ask you this, right? Once Lou's gone, Lou's not doing a rebuild. No, what general manager is taking over the clusterfuck that he's going to leave behind, right? Because everybody thinks, hey, we're just going to go ahead and get a fantastic general manager. He's going to be competent. He's going to take care of the rebuild. We're going to start hitting all draft picks. What oh, well. general manager in their right mind is going to take over this absolute shit heap of a team? Once young, young innovative guys who are young and innovative will take that on. So we're going to have to roll the dice on a 30 40-year-old guy who's had no experience saying, I'm going to sell you on a dream. Where have I heard that one before? Oh. I'd rather I'd rather, I'd rather, rather be on a, sold on a 40-year-old dream than an 85-year-old dream. I'd rather dream. not be sold on a dream. I'd rather be sold okay. on a known quantity. We're okay. going to be rolling the dice on a 40-year-old who would have no experience saying, oh, gotcha, don't worry, I'm going to be able to get this. Oh, go if you're able, if no. you're able to make moves to stockpile draft picks and that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. You're gonna pluck about that. It's not what we're doing in this scenario. We're you're gonna pluck an assistant. Learning. You're gonna pluck an assistant GM from a successful franchise. What that's makes what you want to go here instead of from a successful franchise? Where did Tampa's assistant general manager go? 
Or where did, where did Florida? Who was it? Who was it who moved this off season? Um, I don't remember who moved because I'm, I'm not thinking about GMs right now. I'm thinking about coaches. There were a couple of guys that did that did get plucked and moved. Now, I mean, even even the Rangers taking their shot on Drury is an example of taking a shot on a guy that you didn't know what he was going to bring to the table. In fact, they were made fun of for that move on many. I don't like. I didn't like the Drury move. I, if I'm if I'm grabbing once again, I'll repeat it because I've said it a thousand times on this show. I'm looking at Tampa, Florida. Colorado, those are the type of teams that I'm looking to get an assistant yes. GM because Sackick's not going anywhere. Breezebaugh's not going anywhere. Uh, uh, Zito isn't going anywhere in Florida. You take one of those You take one of those guys who've been a few years as an assistant GM, and they want, they want to be a head guy. They don't want to be assistant GMs forever. They'll jump at the job as long as you show, okay, we got some guys in the minors. Okay, this is a team I can build with. We have a solid defense for the next number of years. We have great goaltending. Yes, I'm willing to make that move. Dude, you're you're acting like, right? Let's let's play the realistic role of this, right? I was thinking about Ladant. He went to Detroit, right? These players and general managers and head coaches don't jump on board until they say, Oh, you've had three or four years of competent first round picks that are now working. Oh, you've got a Lucas Raymond, you got a Mort Cedar. Oh, I I'm wrong. Oh, okay, gotcha. So Ladant, why didn't Ladant go to the Arizona Coyotes, Grump? He's a he's a coach. I know that's what I'm saying, right? The general manager and head coach don't jump on board until you show that I have competent young players that are high. The GM is in charge. I do have a name the for GM you is in charge. I do have a name for you who I would pay a lot of money to bring here. McPhee. From uh, George McPhee? I'd bring him in. And I Tell you what, I've seen what he's done in Vegas. I'm like, eh, no, eh, he's, he, because now he's in. What you take him? Will you let him take over from a more of a fresh start purpose? He'll get. He'll he'll do it good. Your, your situation there now in Vegas got messed up with a bad coach and 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 some issues with players. You know that's different at level. He knows how to build an actual team. He does. You're rebuilding. You're losing Dobson. You're losing Romanoff. You're losing – who knows what's going on with Barzal. I cannot imagine players after their bridge year expires or after their bridge deal expires and we're a team that's bottom five, bottom ten in the NHL saying, yes, let me sign long term. It's really tough to sell a young general manager on an ideal. Why did Buffalo stay shitty for so long? Why is team why have really why have really shitty teams stayed bad for so Buffalo long? Buffalo has terrible ownership. Why okay. It's we're talking, about, we're talking about our ownership group possibly selling because they're right. We talked about real estate, right? These guys who are real estate moguls, the real estate trust like that bought it, increased the value by 65%. They go through their last run. Maybe they're looking to sell, right? Do, I'm like, do we not see the possibility of the sale of the team, new ownership group? Who the f knows what's happening at that point? I, that's why, that's why this entire item is just, it's full with dread. We put a dread to greed. I'm completely just dread throughout. I cannot believe that I'm the positive one. I cannot <laughs> believe you guys think a five-year. I cannot believe you guys think a five-year is tangible. I'm not uh, dreading that moment because those moments happen with teams and they happen in sports. Um, well, if you unstable. Bring, if you bring in owners with money who are willing to pay the right hockey guys, then it's great. It, so. Is there a rumor out there that these guys are looking to say? Not right now, but I'm I'm just saying to you that. By, by the way, they, you know they sold out of DC with the Capitals. They did this yep. already. 
They built this up with a new arena. Malkin is a real estate guy, okay, very much like Trump. He's a real estate dude, okay? He's building up a product. He's, he's jumped the Islanders' value a lot and into the top 10 in the NHL. At, and when he finishes the rail and the hotel and all the amenities and the little, the little store area with all the stores, and he's done with all that stuff, he's going to have the product at its highest value. He's a real estate guy. Would it shock you to see a real estate guy then go, boop, I'm selling now? Uh, this well, is this is this is my point in a nutshell. This move right here, this rebuild is not a five-year rebuild, ladies and gentlemen. This rebuild's a 10-plus year rebuild with possible instability in ownership. This is this is okay. what has it written all over it. You are completely gutting everything you have with youth. And uh, here's the thing: who knows if JT Miller is going to be that cheap? Anthony Bavillier is an inconsistent third line left winger on a good team. Yes, he is. They don't. Uh, that's a huge step back. And you're bringing a guy like Scott Mayfield. He's cheap. The contract he has is more valuable than anything else. You're going to have to give up draft cap and substantial draft capital as well for a guy like JT. I seriously believe that you're going to sign into a long term deal. You're going to hamstring anybody going forward. And it's really tough for a new general manager to say, "Oh, great, yeah, I'm going to be working with the contracts of." Oh, Nazem Kadri for another four years. Oh, JT Miller for another four years. Oh, and we're losing guys who are young and the valuable players on this team. Gotcha. So this rebuild really is like starting to blow it up and nuke and then the rebuild. Okay. All I'll say is good organizations, strong at the top yes. and the management levels. If the ownership's looking to sell, well, you know, that's a whole nother ball of wax. Then, I mean, it doesn't matter what There's we do. There's no indication of that. I'm just saying this is who the owner is. This is what he does. Okay, so if that's what he does for a living, would it shock you, Grump, if all of a sudden when, when they're worth their most money in, in as far as from a real estate perspective, would you be shocked if he sold it? I think you don't get into sports to make money. Some do. I, I, yeah, well, they usually that doesn't usually work. I mean, you know, because you're going to lose money. I mean, I'm going to guarantee you they've lost money over these last number of years yes. with the building of the stadium and everything else. I mean, uh, and NHL is not the most profitable sports organization. Just they just why aren't. is it for to buy? Well, okay. he's tried. He's tried. If you look at the past, right? He's tried to go ahead and purchase the Oakland Athletics. He tried to purchase the Washington Nationals. He tried to purchase multiple. He tried to put a bid in two thousand for the Montreal. He's tried to purchase a lot of different organizations. He has. Well, but maybe he's just a sports fan. Do we ever hear from him? I mean, never. I mean, that's the best type of well, owner, are you right? Telling me the he's Washington home Nationals. on his couch with a tuna fish sandwich, watching all these games. I don't think he's Maybe, watching any I sports. Know. I think he's running his business. But, I mean, you know, you're talking about the Nationals. I don't know when he was looking to buy the Nationals, but they've had that stadium in place for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, the Athletics, okay. I don't think there's any referendum for them to get a new stadium. They've been playing in that stadium forever. So, I mean, I can't speak to that. What was the other team you mentioned? Oakland Athletics in 2002. Yeah. You've got the Montreal Canadiens. 
in 2000. Um, I'm not sure the year on the on the Washington Nationals, and he also had wanted to purchase. He nearly purchased shares in, in, in the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, you look at all of these purchases, all for shitty. T- I mean, like honestly, he's done a fantastic job. He's brought stability back to this team. Yes. But no, when you mention that, would it shock me if a real estate guy, a real estate mogul, goes ahead, purchases a team, increases the value in a very very lucrative area, and sees the value increase by let's say 60, 65 percent? Would it shock me after the team starts to get to a point where we're saying, oh shit, we're in full rebuild? Would it shock me if ownership then sells the team? No, that there's a lot of other businesses that you can buy and refurbish and make a lot more money than a professional sports team. Really? Okay. I, I just find it interesting. Montreal Canadiens? How is he going to make that? How is he going to make that team more valuable than it is without them winning? It it's just about he wasn't winning. Being the owner. He was partnership. He okay. He didn't have the funds okay. at that time period to be the ownership that he has now. He would have to be a minority owner. So again, like he understands, right? If you do it right, you can make money. This guy's a businessman, Grump. All these guys are businessmen. Like they I made said, money this year, Grump. They made a lot of money for the first time this season. I mean, a smart businessman. If you have that much money to invest. You could buy in any number of businesses just by poking the damn in a telephone book and make more money than you can off of sports teams. If you've made 65% earnings grumpy in three years, how often do you see that? Or the five years they've owned, how often do you see at least 65% increase in the value of a, a net worth of a team grumpy? How often do you see that in a five-year span? Gordon Gecko was able to do it all over the place oh, in Wall okay. Street. He had oh, no problem God. doing it. I'm just saying... A smart businessman doesn't pick a sports team to make money. Uh-huh. You don't do it. You don't do it. It's too volatile. And everything has, yeah, it's it, too it volatile. It is, except that. in this case. And I, I, I'm gonna, you know, in this case, is the Islanders were in the toilet, but they're in New York and weren't worth a lot of money. It was very easy to, if uh, somebody with money and, and dedication to come in and turn this franchise value around, which he has done. It was ripe for it, and he did it, and he still it was all about the UBS deal. It was all around the UBS yeah. deal, just like when Charles Wong purchased. It was all around him being able to purchase. Oh yeah, let's, let's, exactly let's add that when Charles Wong sold this team to Malkin and Ledecky, he presented the Belmont idea to Malkin about what he can do to get out of Barclays to build this extravaganza place for New York Islander fans. This was all part of his plan when he bought the team. The Belmont vision was already there. Yep. I'm just going to say, you know, Charles Wong, we know he wanted to do the real estate development uh, in Meadowbrook. How many years did he own the team? Oh, since what, like 1999 or 2000 he bought the team? 2000, I think, he bought the team. So he got it from 20 years? Just about 20 years? Yeah. And he lost money every single year. Okay. And he lost money every single year. Because he couldn't do what he wanted to do, but he still owned the team for twenty years. Well, not just that he couldn't do what he wanted to do. His entire time here, he was he was under the SMG contract, getting no money from parking and concessions. Right. How can you make yeah. money without that? He had so, no revenue. 
this all worries me. Oh, again, I didn't mean to deviate too far away. I just think the rebuild's going to be longer than you guys. Maybe you guys are optimistic that we're going to find the perfect general manager. We're going to hit on every single draft pick. But I just have seen us pick the Michael Del Coles and pick the guys like the Ryan Stroms before. And I've seen how it could happen very easily that you don't hit the right players and you don't hit in a, in a five-year little boom rebuild turns into 10 to 15 years. I've seen that firsthand, just like all Islander fans have. Oh, so I guess I'm a little, I guess I'm a little bit cautious just to be optimistic on the rebuild. What was it? 1999, we had the four first-round picks. Do yeah. you remember that, Trump? That was, a, that was a really bad picks. draft. That was a really bad draft. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I'm okay. very pessimistic. Just, I'm very cautious to be optimistic. There's, there's, one thing, there's one thing that everyone who listens to this podcast has learned today is that when I'm not on the podcast from the beginning, the organization is getting sold. They're disbanding the team. The grumpy old man must be here from the beginning. All Everything goes off the rails. <laughs> we had actually talked about this. We said, oh, God, Grumpy's on it. Okay, we're going to have to one-up him. We're selling. Ownership group is selling. Let's throw that one out there. No, but I okay, Let's good point, Grumpy. Let's not, you know, it's. Read the, read the ad. Let's get the oh, comments. Yeah, it's already an hour and 30 minutes in. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer, with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet of up to $1,000, and if you don't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. Um, you can throw down on all the major action from baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. Again, that promo code is THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes in the description for additional details. Ooh. There it is, Grump. You stalled long enough. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I think that the the consensus here is Nazem Kadri maybe helps out in the short term. Um, long term, it's it's a colossal mess up. It's a colossal mistake. I don't think anybody else is going to argue against that. You know, who knows how long the no trade clause he's going to be is going to give. You know, is going to be so. But I wanted to ask that question before we get into comments. What do you think the likelihood, percentage wise, Coach Tommy B is that we have a chance to win a cup in the next two years? Oh, that's still a low percentage. I mean, I, I told you I have a great belief in the defense in Sorokin on this team. So I believe if they enter the playoffs and Sorokin's on his game, then it, then it's all bets are off. I mean, but if he you know if he's playing like Sorokin can play, we're capable of it. I have no prediction of whether he's going to be in that mode at that time. But I do think this team, if they add the two players that we've talked about. I do believe they're in that five percentile of possibly winning a cup in the, only in the next year or two. To me, I think that the Eastern Conference in particular, they're the haves and the have-nots. And right now, we're on the outside with the potential to get into the bottom rung of the haves. I just look at the, the Atlantic Division, Toronto, Tampa, Florida, you look at Buffalo is going to be better. Detroit. Boston, 
I mean, Boston just, I mean, Bergeron, talk about taking a couple of sweetheart deals. Oh, yeah. Bergeron and Krejci. Now, there was some money that's pushed off into the future. There is. But those guys, they signed their number one and number two centers for a combined $5 million. Think about that. That's what, And that's what a team in a – that's called taking a hometown discount. Oh, yeah. The best player on their team and a guy who's probably what? Fourth best player on their team? For five million dollars, so they're they will make the playoffs. I was concerned that Boston's going to fall out. Not anymore. I'm not. But this is not it. Not anymore. Though. I'm just telling you, this is it. He's coming back for one year, one last run, and he's gone. Bergeron. Yeah. Uh, I listened to his press conference. I'm not so sure of that. I think he's taking everything on year to year at this point. Michael O'Donnell real quickly wanted to show us this is an assist there by Atu Ratu he wanted us to show. So let's take it. He had a, a goal and three assists in his opening game today. Again, he's he's over, he's yes, at the top of that age. I hope he's lighting the world on fire. Um, Good shot. Nice shot. Is Ratu 34? Mm-hmm. That's right, though. Yeah, he can he can shoot. Like I said I, I I don't know if you've been listening, Tommy. I saw him uh, in the playoffs against the Charlotte Checkers, and he was one of the two or three players that I was impressed. The younger guys, I don't look at the old guys because they're finished, but the younger guys, him and uh, Kyle McLean. Uh, Kyle McLean. I like Kyle McLean. My God, I just I just think about the contracts. Why sign Cal Clark? He's got a motor. Unnecessary. McLean just doesn't stop. He, he's a quintessential bottom oh, pairing yeah. guy. I why sign Clutterbuck back at thirty four years old for the next two years? Why? Why sign Parisa back? Yes, I know he had a good enough year last year. I'm sorry. If you want to, if you want to start turning the roster over. You don't sign guys in the mid thirties to contract. I like the Parisi deal personally. I, for one year, I, I don't mind that he he was he was a lightning. He was he was definitely the, the most the toughest player on the team, the hardest worker on the team. He definitely was good for the locker room. I like bringing Parisi back. I, Clutterbuck, I understand why you're saying that. I mean, after a while, the the the, the bloom is well off that fourth line rose if you're really paying attention. Um, they need to start oh, dismantling yeah. it, and they keep putting it together but they keep doubling down right. on it i just I, why why i like when you sign matt martin back why I, I, it was unnecessary you don't need to sign guys in their 30s who are just ham and eggers to deals just stop it you want to you want to bring your team into the 21st century you want to have your team transition from an older squad to a younger squad you get rid of the guys who are old and you give the younger guys a shot it just drives me absolutely freaking crazy i do have to do a housekeeping item i forgot about this and i did the same thing with coach tommy b remember this saturday we're going to have greg prado on the show i forgot to mention at the top of the hour sorry greg um Grumpy has. Have you finished your assignment? Grumpy, have you finished the book? Have you finished? Have I finished my assignment? Have you finished the book? Have you finished your book, Grumpy? Because I'm I'm cracking it open. I'm, I'm in the process of cracking it open right now. I'm still reading. I've had a lot of stuff I've been doing around the house. Gotcha. We are having Greg Prado. Grumpy, you've loved the book too. I know you have. Yeah. And tell, speak exactly. a little bit about the book, real quick. Uh, I love, time. I love the style. Uh, it's like he just posed questions. 
to numerous former Islanders, uh, general manager, you know, Jim Delvano, Bill Torrey, Al Arbor, Claire Arbor, you know, Trod Trots and Gillies and Nystrom, Billy Harris, you know, Chico Resch, and just their impressions. Like he'd ask like, a, you know, about whatever, like uh, playing the Rangers in uh, 79 or Toronto. And I'm just going to give a spoiler. Al Arbor agreed with me that the toughest loss they ever faced was losing to Toronto in 1978. That was devastating. I agree. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, memory, you know, uh, when I was a kid, when I was watching that, every Islander player and the coaching staff and the GM said they were bullied by Toronto in that series. I'd forgotten about that. I'd forgotten about Tiger. That. I'd, for, I'd forgotten about that, that they, we were just bullied. And they talk about the progression and building of a team into a championship squad and how, you know, they were getting better. And then the year after they lost to the Rangers, and that was Davidson. That was all Davidson, by the way. They just need a couple more pieces. But you look at the age of the players. They're all 23, 24, 25. Then you can add a Butch Goring and a Gordy Lane, some veterans to the mix when you have the young core. When you have an old core, it's much tougher. And that was the one thing that I looked, just reading that book, I'm like, yep, that's the way you build a team. Through the draft, let them come up together. I mean, here's the thing. The Islanders were an expansion team in 1972. They were in the playoffs. Three years later in the playoffs, making a run to the semifinals. Think about that. Just think about There's that. There's one thing about that, though. How that many teams? When you, when you, you know, not everybody gets Brian Trotchy and Mike Bossy and Dennis Poppin when they go. Well, here's, here's, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. There are only 21 teams in the league. Now. True. So Scouting you're was picking. So you're getting uh, Gillies at four and Trotz at what? 22 or 23. Pick, Trotz. Yep, that's right. Second round pick. And that, that's of course that's true. But here's the thing. They knew what they were doing. Bill Torrey knew what he yes. was doing. He knew what he was doing. Billy Harris had maxed out. He was what he was. Dave Lewis. I love Dave Lewis. Rock. To me, Dave Lewis, a lot like Scott Mayfield today. Very, very similar. Sometimes you got to move those guys. And he moved it for a guy who was the final piece of the puzzle. They needed to strengthen the second line center, right? Then they picked up Wayne Merrick. They moved John Potvin uh, in '79 for Wayne Merrick because they needed. They felt they needed more set, a more center depth. And then the next year they get um, they get Goring and they bring Potvin back. By the way, they bring him back to play with Denny, and they get Butch Goring. Now you have that whole. You have this the four yeah. centers. I mean, just like I said, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that book. Thoroughly, and I like I said Greg Prado has done a whole lot of other things. Big into music as well. I'm going to read this thing. Yeah, I was about to say it's probably right up your alley. He likes music too, Grump. Oh, look at this! Look at this! Yeah, yeah so he's going to be on Saturday. Sorry, we didn't mention it at the top of the show, Greg. Um, and also, right, just general housekeeping. Halfway through, reminder: if you're new to the show, we invite you to stick around a while. Invite on or subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook. Have you not done that? No, Have you not done this? I either? did that earlier. I said no, but remember, we do that tomorrow. Also, what about? What about the Grumpy Old Man Show? Are you talking about the Grumpy Old Man Show? Yes, I am. The TJ and the Grumpy Old Man Show. That's oh, correct. That's TJ right. and the Grumpy Old Man can be found in the link in the description below. Again, if you go search anywhere, Facebook, YouTube, 
Twitter. If you search TJ and the Grumpy Old Man, you'll also find our sport podcast. It happens every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We talk all things sports, NBA, NHL, NFL, college athletics, MLB, European football. We talk anything and everything athletics on that on that podcast. And it's usually just more freewheeling and a fun show, um, just kind of goofing around. Uh, make sure you check that out tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Everybody be there. TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. The, it can be found in the link in the description below or as a featured page on our YouTube channel where it says, check out these other podcasts. That's where our show is. Um and uh, Coach Tommy B, as he mentioned earlier at the top of the hour, is going to have his uh, Coach Tommy Baffy's Corner. Coach Baffy's Corner is going to be coming up soon here. You said within a week or is it a week and a half? When is it, Coach? Uh, a week to a week and a half. I'm, I am holding it off a little bit just to see if we get any announcements because we've all gotcha. been waiting for this stuff. Uh-huh. Somebody likes to torture all of us and make us wait. But uh-huh. I'm definitely going to do one by the end of the month, probably the third week. Or probably the third week. I don't I – don't, I don't read. I'm sorry to cut you off, Tommy. I don't read any of the comments. I just happened to see one from Scott Levy. Grumpy. Okay. Holy shit. What What's the comment you see, Grumpy? Because I'm trying to just get through it. We're going to try to. Because here's the thing. We won't be able to get through all the comments, guys. Sorry. Our pal, Dave Pagnota, via Twitter. Islander signing Kadri, seven years. Okay, that's one. Nine and a half million AAV within the next 24 hours. Uh-oh. He knows he doesn't know shit. I, I'm I'm just I'm just I just wanted I just saw that. Oh my god. And I felt like I just had to let you oh, know. Thank you for letting me know. Let me pull that up. Here's the thing. If you ever had a shred of belief that Dave Pagnota is ever I can't believe this guy gets on the okay. NHL. I heard I heard he was holding out for nine million dollars AAV. That's what I heard. All right. So he was, I heard that so I let me get this straight. He was holding out for nine, so we gave him nine and a half. Does that make any sense? Well, that, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that's that okay, where are you seeing this? I don't see this anywhere on Twitter. It was It's like one of the last uh, – Dave Pagnota via Twitter. Okay, the Dave last Pagnota. post he's got, David Pagnota, on Twitter is July the 8th. So let me check. David Pagnota, right? Let me check. Maybe he's got a different Twitter handle or somewhere else. But what I'm seeing here, okay, he's got, okay. No, no. Okay. It's a fake Twitter account. Yes, it is. Okay, a fake I don't, Twitter account. I don't know. I'm just, like I said, that's why I don't read the comments. Yeah. Interrupted and you read the comments. I don't know. Scott L send me the link or tweet it at me because it might be a fake account because yeah, the last bag note of tweet I saw was on like July the 8th. So okay. make sure you read it over that. Grumpy old man about to get us all excited. The next 24 hours, Nazem Kadri, seven-year, $157 million contract. Anyway, SP's got a comment for us saying, um, how exactly do uh, do people, you meant to say, people expect to re-sign Matt Barzal if we put ourselves into cap hell for Kadri and maybe even JT Miller? I don't see how the math works out here. Do you think, you know, Matt Barzal signs a long-term? And, and how does that contract look? Do you think Matt Barzal is willing to take a in in lieu of a better term another bridge deal if we if we bring in a guy like miller if we're going to sign in miller right if we're going to sign miller how are we going to have the cap space to sign matt barzal two years from now well i can answer that according to tommy it's just a two-year window then he's going to leave and say screw it let somebody else figure it out (laughs) so maybe that's the way it works no um first off you gotta remember barzell's making seven million right now on aav So his yep. raise isn't going to be as massive as people would think it would be. 
you're probably looking at a two to two and a half per year raise. So yes, they can definitely find the money. As Grump would say, you can always find cap money. They can definitely find the cap money to sign Matt Barzell long term, even with even if they made those two moves. Do you think and I think the other question too, right? Now this is more speculative in nature. Do you think he signs on for something like that? Do you think he wants to stay here long term if he sees that? And maybe he does. Maybe he just gets infatuated with a short term opportunity. But do you think if if we sign Kadri and in, in this scenario too, we bring in JT Miller and sign him long term? Do you think that he is gung ho about strapping himself to a team that might be in a rebuild for his entire career or the prime of his career? Well, I, what I'm going to say about decisions that players make um, and the reasons they make these decisions to go this place, that place, or stay home. Um, what I know about Matt Barzell, and I, I hate to do this stuff, I know he's attached to a young lady here on Long Island who is a Jewish girl, who is her whole Jewish family is right here on Long Island, and they don't want to go anywhere. Can that tell you why he's probably going to stay? I don't know, but the kind of money he makes, he can move the whole family wherever he, he wants. He could, but set up, a, set up a little Jewish community wherever the <laughs> hell he wants to go. <laughs> Just those are reasons why players sometimes, as you know, Grom, family plays more of a part than people realize in players' contracts and where they sure. want to be. Now, by next year, they could fall out of love and hate each other. You know, none of us know what's going to happen with those things. Or, or he could sign with the Rangers. Sure. Well, they're they're going to be in worse. They have, they're, they're, in, they're in cap issues as well, Rome. Yeah, so they're going to be in worse cap hell. They may have to trade Panarin next year. Um, uh, recording the street said Grumpy looked different tonight with the haircut there when Coach Tommy B was on. Um, yep, and and again when we were trying to play Grumpy, I'm shocked you didn't try to play it off at all. That that Nazem Kadri broke you, and that's why you're running late. <laughs> it's because you tried to think you were the funny man of the show, and it just. It just never worked. Because you sabotaged it, Grump. It would have had a chance no, to stay just, afloat. People were believing again, it, Grump. Listen to me. Listen to me. Just stay in your lane and everything oh, no, will be okay. Mind. Don't try to deviate from your boring host duties. That's what you do best. Be boring and just feed me lines for me to rip Oh, on. that's what I do, right? Yeah. And you slouch in your chair. I don't slouch in my chair. I lean back in my chair. The chair, believe it or not, Grumpy, leans. Oh man, oh man. Um Tony Cheese was even saying, How could you I'll let you read that, Grumpy? People were believing it. That's all I'm gonna say. How would you feel if you were in your sixties and you know that the islanders are gonna be handcuffed to handcuffed to a radiator for seven years? <laughs> it's frustrating. <laughs> oh my goodness, Kurt. Did I tell on this show? I don't know if I ever told on this show or on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show about some old skag who was a fan of the Red Sox. No. I'm sure you didn't because you had never used that term towards a lady, some old skag. But tell me about a story about this Red Sox individual. Okay. I was taking my younger son, huge Yankees fan, huge Yankees fan. And it was the year that uh, the Red Sox, 2004. So my son was like eight at the time. He's wearing his little, you know, his little Jeter shirt and his hat. You know, we were just out in the store and some old hag comes up and says, Hey, how'd you like those Yankees last year, little fella? I'm a Red Sox fan. We won the World Series. And he was like, oh. So I said to her, I said, you know what, ma'am? I'm so glad 
that someone as old as you got to live long enough to see your team win. Because I didn't think you're going to make it. I mean, I know you're on bar time. Uh. And she went, oh, 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 she scurried away. Don't talk shit about my kid. It's a re- his thing. You will lose. Oh, my good gracious. Don't talk uh, to an eight year old. To an eight year old. Getting them ready. Getting them ready, grumpy old man. Here's your walker, honey. Take it on the hop. Uh, Michael T. And again, now I just to just address this. I think most fans kind of believe this as well. Michael T said, nothing is done. This is all a rumor and gossip and speculation. I think talking about Nazem Kadri. I still feel Lou could get Kadri and then maybe flip him to Toronto with Bailey or Varlamov for Nylander or St. Louis for Tarasenko. No, I think that no. when we're signing Nazem Kadri, he's going to be receiving a you know a no trade clause. He is going to sign with the Islanders. I think that you know I could say that with high likelihood, about a ninety nine point nine percent chance that he's going to sign here. And here's Kevin Weeks too, right? He's saying keep an eye out. I can't put a definitive timeline to them, but. I wouldn't be shocked to see at least four transactions with the Islanders coming down the line. Which I'm okay. saying six. Okay. okay, four transactions. So let's see what we could do. Romanoff, Kadri, Dobson. Romanoff, Dobson, and some dump, some trade dump. Sonny Milano and, oh, and Sonny no, Milano and Nazar Kadri. Those are the ones I would expect. Okay, here's the thing. If you're moving a bunch of forwards out, I have no problem bringing Sonny Milano in. If you're moving a bunch of guys, if you're moving a Bailey, a Bavillier, uh, you know, Pat, whoever, if you're moving a bunch of forwards, I could see bringing in. I, I'm just, I just don't want Cadre. I'm all for signing Cadre, packaging him up with Bailey and Varlamov to get Nylander. I'm 100. I'm 200 behind that. Because that's. Not Are you sure Sonny uh, wants to come to Long Island? The last Sonny that was here got shot on the causeways. I don't know if he wants uh, to come. Uh, <laughs> very good. Look at that, the little guy. Very good. John Smith said, "I much rather package up Simon Holmstrom instead of Josh instead of Kiefer Bellows." You think Bellows has no value? Simon Holmstrom has less than no value. Oh man. Oh, man. Um, got a comment here. Hey, next time, Tommy, make sure you pay your electric bill. Uh, <laughs> Danielle said, Kadri is better. Uh, it's no better than a third-line center on a real cup contender. Lou is an asshole. Well, if you listen to Tommy, that's what he's going to be as a third-line center on this team. I just – I'm sorry. You can't pay a third-line center $7 million. You just can't do it. Cannot yes, do it. Cannot do it. Hmm. It's – if you do that, it's, it's malfeasance. Can't do it. Cannot do it. The Wicked 50 Cal says, lose style of not being open to the media slash announce, not announcing deals when they're done um, is, you know, is is the hold and detrimental to the team. He's literally making any season ticket sales reps job difficult. I'd say impossible. I think I pointed that out um, yep. about the frustration that causes the fan base. I mean, look, you know, we live in a we live in a really high end social media world where people are you know hitting their phones trying to refresh and all this stuff, and they want news and they don't want to wait till after Labor Day for you to make all your announcements. They want to have something to be excited about. They want to they want to be on free agency day. They want to know that I'm going to turn on my NHL network and we're going to hear about the Islands adding a big player. They want to hear that stuff. He does not, uh, and I like Lou for some things. I think he does very well. This is something that I think he does very poorly. He does not consider the fans and does not consider the marketing aspect of, of making something happen at the right time. Yeah, for me, 
uh, that's this is a new thing. This is just the last two years. He wasn't like this before that. I think it's because he. I I, I honestly I think the GM job is too much for him. All the little things that have to be done as a general matter. I just think as you get older, it's more difficult. He should have everything set going into the off season, particularly this off season. And it seems like he didn't, you needed to know that you needed to move some guys out to bring anybody in that should have, you should have already done that. You shouldn't be waiting. It should have been done already. He may have. It's, that's the crazy part of it. He just, well, he it it's, like, it's like, he's, it's like he's bruising the fans. Like he likes yeah, to- I don't. But here's the thing: I don't think you're finding that other GMs are just buying into that. Oh, okay, Lou. Yeah, we're going to trade for these three guys, but out of deference to you, we're not going to announce it. I just well, I he gives his a sales pitch. I could give you the sales pitch right now. Look, we're going we're not going to announce the trade for a month. By the way, it it saves your cap space where your cap space is right now. You could hold it all the way to the end. So why not? Why would you not want to hold it all the way to the end? That's probably a sales pitch. I just don't think he's bright enough to come up with that sales pitch. Not at all. Well, hold on, hold on. You have the entire offseason until you have to submit official rosters. You have the ability to be 10% over the cap. Yes. So yep. you could sign and you can announce it and you could still have it like that over the cap and still be compliant until the season. Okay, but, but do you want to be over the cap? Do you want to be do you want to be in that position in mid-September towards the end of camp where you have to trade somebody on the cheap off your roster? Think of how we acquired Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk. They, those teams were over the cap, and we stole those players. Because they everybody knows. Everybody th- I think everybody has – I mean, Frank – Frank, who the heck is it? Frank Sevilla on um, – or Servia. I, I can't pronounce his name. Or I can't. Sir, was that? I'm sorry? Servalli. Servalli. Say it again, Grumpy. Frank S. You were speaking over Coach Tommy B, so I couldn't hear. Please, somebody pronounce his name, so I'm not pronouncing it wrong. It's Saravalli. Okay, Saravalli said that pretty much, hey, the Islanders are working a deal out. It looks like pretty much a foregone conclusion the Islanders are getting Kadri. I think everybody knows that we have Kadri signed. There's no element of mystique or surprise on that, but yet we still don't announce. I mean, it's pretty much penciled in that we're doing that. Um, but, you know, getting through the comments. Uh, uh, Rich A said, Nazem Kadri equals Andrew Ladd 2.0. I disagree. He would be Ladd 3.0. Anders Lee was Ladd 2.0. Oh, looky there. Um, uh, Brian P said, I've been saying it for years. Lou was a great general manager 20 years ago. He's not anymore. He still thinks he's in 1999, way past his prime. True. The Islanders 91 said, hating on Ledecky, or did I just jump in and miss context? <laughs> no, there's no hating on Ledecky. We were just, we, we were explaining about um, that John, when he came out after the free agency period and said, you know, trust in Lou and all that stuff, that he, he kind of made a big mistake and said he won four Stanley Cups. And you would think the owner would know how many Stanley Cups his president and general manager has won. But we also stated that we thought that Ledecky coming out um, and facing the media and facing the press was a good thing. And at least somebody did it. I don't think he faced the media the press. He was ambushed when the guy asked him a question when he was doing some charity work. A little bit different. Um, but... <laughs> Here's the real thing, Islanders 91. This is what really happened. I wasn't on the show for the first hour, and these guys took it off the freaking rails. Not only off the rails, they were out in some field somewhere, (laughs) some pasture. They're selling the team. NHL is going to be no more. There will be no more hockey. I feel feel like we're moving to Quebec. (laughs) 
I feel like I was one of the guys where it's like who who's like the rapture is coming, ding 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 ding, and you're going around with the bell. The rapture is coming tomorrow, ding 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 ding. This is okay. Once again, stop trying to be funny. You're not. So here's the thing, right? This is this is what it was like. I'm the parent. You know, you let the kids stay in the house. All right, just finish up. Here's a couple of coloring books. Finish your homework. You open the door, and it's like a drunken riot in the house. Streamers hanging off the ceiling fans. A soda bottle shooting all over the ceilings. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Um, Scott Ellis said, totally agree with TJ. Um, with Lou doing his job with bringing the Islanders back to respectability, now time to go. Um, uh, Damien S. says, any update on Sorokin if he returns to the United States? Now, I, you know, this is one that we talked about. We think there's about a 100% likelihood Sorokin comes back to the U.S. He's not staying there in Russia. And just want to get your opinion on this too, Coach Tommy B. Uh, did Kaprizov make it back here? The answer is yes, he did. I don't think you have a thing to worry about if Kaprizov got back here. Hmm. There's no uh, there's no truth to the rumor then that uh, Sorokin is singing back in the USSR. He's not singing that or anything. <laughs> Oh man, oh man. Uh, we got here. Uh, Al's anyone also saying if the Islanders have a good season, will you shut the F up about Lou being too old? Um, or do already, uh, or do you already have a built in reasons ready to uh, to not give anybody credit, not give or not ready to credit anybody but him? I'm sorry. I know I butchered the read, read it again, Grumpy, because you, you're if the Islanders have a good season. Will you shut the fuck up about Lou being too old? No, absolutely not. I will not do that. <laughs> or do you already have a built-in reason ready to credit anyone but him? Um, players win games. GMs put the best team on the ice to ensure present-day success and future success. If he doesn't do that, he's failed for, for this year. As far as I'm concerned, he has been a success as an Islanders GM, because he was brought in to to take this team from where we were in the bottom, the depths of the league, back up to yes. respectability with him and Barry Trotz. That being said, that doesn't guarantee you a lifetime contract. Mm -hmm. Go home, collect Social Security, move on with your no. life. Fredo's probably got some kids you can hang yeah, out I mean, with. I, if, if, look, if this is my rule of thumb. If they if they put this team together and amazingly, you know, they end up in a Stanley Cup or whatever, then I'm going to give everybody credit for that. I'm going to give the coach credit. I'm going to give the GM credit. I'm going to give the players credit. I'm going to give the fans credit if that happens. But if you fail, then you also have to take the blame. That's I was about only to ask, fair. I was about to ask you, how does this change things? Because I think that brings up an interesting point with Lou Lamarillo, right? Let's say we don't win the cup. How does that change his legacy? For the Islanders, right? He brought respectability back, but if we don't win the cup and he launches us into a five to ten year, I'll say five to be you know super optimistic, ten to be pessimistic, a five to ten year rebuild. How does that change the legacy of Lou Lamarillo? For me, not at all. Really? He did what he was supposed yeah. to do. Everything else is gravy. He should be gone after this. If if you're an owner of a team. Damage is already gets done committee. if he makes this Cadre okay. deal and then trades the side for a guy like Miller. The damage is done. What other damage okay. could he do? I, well, shit, I shouldn't I ask that. I, I'm sorry. But I can't imagine too much more damage he can deal. He's almost done as I much as he more, can damage. -wise. Let me just say one more thing about the Miller deal. There's no way 
Now, they were offering a lot up for Miller. I'm not giving them draft pick one unless he's signed before he well, comes. that's why that deal didn't happen in the first place. Yep. Right. And I mean, and here's the thing. That's why in Vancouver can't ask for an arm and a leg for a guy who's going to – everyone knows he's gone after this year. Everyone. So do you want to wait and try to trade him for a draft pick or draft picks at the deadline? If I was Vancouver, that's what I would do. I wouldn't trade him now. Why would I? I could get more for him at the deadline than I'm going to get now. And I certainly wouldn't want Anthony Bavillier, Josh Bailey, I'm, um, excuse me, and whoever, and Scott Mayfield. Vancouver's not close enough where it matters. Um, you got you got one guy who's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year, one guy who's a restricted free agent at the end of this year, and Josh Bailey, who just sucks. So, I mean, I don't see where that makes sense from Vancouver. Okay, there's point three risks for Vancouver if they don't sell him now. One risk is always the injury risk. What if he gets hurt? The second risk would be what if he has a bad season? And the third risk is what if they're in playoff team? Then they can't trade him. Well, you know what? That's the I, that's the worst risk I'm willing to yeah, take. Was, I, uh, to me, the only guy out of those three that is worth anything to me, and it's just for one year, is Scott Mayfield. Everything else is junk off a roster, just junk. I, I don't see Bavillier as junk. Um, do I see him? I, and on the right team, he might excel more. I don't think he's junk. He's young. He's got some ability. I don't call him junk, but he isn't as valuable as a lot of people have led thought Bavillier was. Safe to say we're selling him at the lowest value that he possibly Probably. has. I would agree. See, see that's uh, to me, you sell high. Here's the thing. Buy, buy low, sell high, right? I mean, you know, you don't sell low, and that's something we always seem to do. Or if a guy's playing really good, well, we'll sell him on the cheap anyway. We just Mayfield, we can sell high right now. Um, you can sell him on the high right now. Contracts worth a lot. I would, yeah, I, to me, I would have moved. I, I would see. I would have moved him last trade deadline and loaded up on draft picks. I, like I said, I've I've seen this coming for the last number of years, and now everyone else is starting to see it too. That's why Tommy B. I am the curve. Look. This is a the Mayfield thing is, is is interesting because there's a lot of teams he would be a second pair right-handed Dion. A fair amount of not all, but a fair amount of teams he could fill that role. He doesn't have that role here. His role here is behind Pulak and Dobson. His role here is limited minutes. So right. you're, we're not maximizing his value by keeping him here. We have his replacement, dirt cheap, and Grant Hart. Yep. You, to me, not trading him is, is just horrible asset management. Well, it's not the first time we'd have horrible asset management. And here's the thing. The thing with Hutton, what's he he only has played, what, 12, 14 minutes a game? Yeah. You give big time minutes. So this guy, TJ, can I just say you've never looked at it? <laughs> I noticed that too. <laughs> I don't even know where he went. Maybe he's gone. I don't know. I think we know where he went. Um, I, oh, well, I don't know. Well, he didn't have to turn the lights off to go to the bathroom. So I don't know where he was with contracts. I'll see if I can pick some of these up. Um, I don't know where he was. So maybe I'll just grab one here. So, okay, a lot of these things about me not being here because I'm upset about Kadri. Yeah, a lot of people were saying that. Um, people said that they were glad you were here. Grumpy, I'm here. Don't I worry. Believe. I have my camera. Just looks like it had shot the shit. 
and I went, I was like, well, I said, as I was doing that, I might as well go empty the bladder because nobody could see me and you guys are chumming it up. So I figured I could get away with the second bathroom break without being held, 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 held. second, a second bathroom, second break. bathroom break, grumpy. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't I, know I, what the hell happened. I think my camera got, anyway, did you take the camera in the bathroom? Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Now this is the, my camera set up. It just, I don't know. It's not working, which is never good. D-Cut says, per Andrew Gross, Lou wasn't happy with Barry's relationship with the media. He felt he was too open with him. Uh, you know, I like D-Cut. You want to know why? Because he's part of that fan group. Isles Misery Radar. You're there, Grumpy. You got it right. You got it um, right. He's accurate. That, 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 um, that statement by color is accurate. Uh, is accurate. Lou does not like the coach coming out and bashing players in public. Barry did a lot of that he last only, year. He only bashed really uh, Matt Barzell, Wallstrom, that Wallstrom, was, a lot. Oh yeah, well yeah, the young guys. No, no vets, no vets. Lou don't like that. I think we all know Lou likes a tight room. Yeah, uh, Christopher C says here um, is Lambert's son talking about Chris Lamarillo. Uh, really that bad? I've never heard about him uh, or don't know his record. Uh, I believe his record is he had three misdemeanors and two felonies when he was younger. <laughs> um, now he, yes, he is that bad. He, he's a general, No, okay. He's bad. Come on. He's an AHL general manager, period. He, I think he, the only reason he still has a job because his daddy is the New York Islanders GM. Yeah. Um, Mark A says, TJ, if they're going to rebuild, they're if they're they not going to rebuild this year, it's sure. not realistic. They are they're going to try to keep uh, they're going to try to keep uh, they're going to they're going to keep trying to improve the new arena. And uh, you want and you want them to stay pat. You're dreaming. I don't want them to stay pat. I think that the Romanoff trade does help, and I think that would have been fine if you didn't get one of the guys who are a marketable upgrade. No need to overpay for a 32-year-old center on a seven-year, $7 million a year contract, you could have gotten Vinny Trocek at that same exact rate if you were so hell-bent on bringing in a center. I was more in favor of bringing in a wing. And again, now, now Tommy B., I want to ask the question because I think this is, this, is a good, this is a good segue into it. David D. says, what are the chances we get another forward besides Kadri? What do you think the chances are that this Kadri item comes to fruition? The Kadria, I think it's. A I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The um, JT Miller. I I would think that's probably more in the 50-50 ranks, but I think they're trying to do it. Um, I do think that it makes logical sense when you look at the situation, and Lou wants to do everything he can to win a Stanley Cup in the next two or three years before he goes bye bye, because that's it for his career. It's over. His career ends. He goes off to the nursing home or wherever he's going to go to. Okay, and that's it. He's got one, two, three more shots to win a cup at best. So do I think he's going to pull out all stops to try and win that cup? Now, the answer is I think he's going to do that. Oh, my God. See, that's where ownership has to step in and say, you're damaging the future of this Here's franchise. Here's the thing. I don't think they give a shit about the future of the franchise because I think they plan on selling once that time period oh occurs. This is how it all fits. This is You wonder how it all fits? I I let Tommy Baffy come on the show for an hour before I'm here, and all of a sudden, you're convinced after talking to him, the Islanders are selling the team. No, no, no. I'm saying I could see there's a possibility. I said, I, said, I said before anybody else, I said before anybody else, I had theorized that that freaking move with Devon Taves and Nick Levy, the comment they made, split 
the, the split berry trots in Lou Lamarillo. I said that at the freaking very beginning before that was more of a thought that people were thinking of on a consistent basis. I'm saying here now, it, I do not think they get – how else could you have ownership saying, oh, yeah, and Louie Trust, when you see him saying, gotcha, let's continue to mortgage off any future we have for current success. Remember, if you want to be an owner long-term, you also are looking at what the team's going to look like five years from now and ten years from now. They're not just looking and saying, oh, we're only looking at it on a year-by-year basis – Unless you plan on selling, then it doesn't really freaking matter how miserable the team is five years, seven years, eight years from now. All you care about is the right now. That's how it makes sense to me. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I could definitely see that as a possibility. I could. Could you not? No. You think there's no possibility that they'd look to sell this team if we start going down to the tank because they they, they wanted it for more of the real estate appeal. You think there's 0% okay. likelihood of that? So hold on. So you're saying we go down to the tank and then they're going to sell? I think. That, How is that smart business? I think the property, all, all the sponsorships on the property all in room. place for many years. The building sponsorship, the spot, the sponsorship inside the building, they're all signed contracts for 10, 15, 20 years. They're all in place. Well, they're not getting much money for those advertising dollars. No one's there to look at them. Oh. We have the we have the richest bank in in the uh, in the world sitting up as our as a, as the name of our arena. Is that the richest bank in the yep. world? And I think there's a Chinese financial institution that's number one, but I so can't. Maybe, maybe somebody jumped them since they signed the deal, but at the time they signed the deal, they were the richest bank in the world. They're top five. I know that for a fact. Um, who, knows, who knew those USB things were going to be that valuable? Yeah, USB grumpy, as you like to call them all the time. Um, and I got a comment here from Freedom Fund Adventure Grumpy. I'm going to let you read that. I'm going to try to get some more. I'm sorry. We're only picking selected comments there just because there's so many of them. I apologize, guys. Agree. Islanders missed out on opportunities like Kachuk and Gaudreau because of how Lou handled the deadline. He didn't need to re-sign Parise and an injured Clutterbuck then. He also could have acquired assets. Absolutely 100% true. The mismanagement of the trade deadline is why you're in the situation you're in this year. Right? You didn't need to sign Parise back. You didn't need to sign. And let's say you wanted to sign them back. Do you really think you had to sign them before the season was up? Why didn't you wait to September to announce those deals like you supposedly do with everything else? Because guess what? That would have mean that meant you would have had almost $13.5 million worth of cap space. Then you could have just went out and signed anybody you wanted willy-nilly. You could have offered, I don't know what they offered Goudreau, but it obviously wasn't enough. How much would how much did they seven offer? times nine? Why not make it seven times ten? Because that tells me they really didn't want him. It tells me it was a token offer to make people think they were in on him. We'd rather have JT Miller, who is a less talented player, and probably pay him the same exact amount. If, if there's four teams in on a player and you're the lowest bidder, do you want the player? No, but here's the thing. If you don't want the player, why the hell are you even making a public, bid? Public relations, they think that they can say, we tried oh. to go get him. See, I mentioned that about a month ago. I said, that's the way the Islanders have always operated. So we're operating the same the way as we did 10, 15 years ago. Just, hey, let's appease the fans by saying we made offers. We were in it to the last minute when we were never in it, and we didn't want to be. Let's buy 50,000 so lottery tickets to try to drive up season ticket sales. Doesn't that sound like a possibility to you guys? I got that email. It was great. I mean, I just, the more things change, the more they stay the same, 
right? I mean, Johnny Good. Let's be honest. Johnny Gaudreau is infinitely better than Nazem Kadri. There is no comparison between the two. No comparison between the two. And there was never a prayer on Kachuk for us. So anyone thinks that they were, we were never, ever, ever getting Kachuk. Yeah, I, no, no, I never thought we were getting Kachuk. But we could have gotten Gaudreau yes. if you offered him enough money, because money speaks. Don't tell me he wanted to go. No, to he didn't. He, want, he actually people would be pissed. He wanted to come here. That's no. the scary part. That's the upset. Don't say part. stuff like that. That's going to make the fans all upset, Coach Tommy B. First, he, off, he, might as well sell now. Might as well sell he, now. He, he, we all know that when he decided to go to free agency and he turned down Calgary's big offer, he knew the Flyers were not going to be there. He knew ahead of time. The Flyers had told him they don't have, they can't move out the contracts because the cost for the moving these guys out was so high. He expected, he was expecting Lou to make a big bid on him, and Lou offered him seven times now. That's a fact. Oh man, we got. I'm looking at some of these comments, and some of them are going to be good. Uh, oh, David D says, uh, Brush says Tarasenko is coming on board as well. I just don't see that. I can't. No. Could you see Vladimir Tarasenko joining the New York Islanders, Coach Tommy B? Only if it's trade deadline and the Blues are out of the playoffs. No, so, no, no. Okay, gotcha. Um, Dan L, Grumpy, we don't need to see you. There's my baby. I love that Grumpy, baby. I'll let you read this. I'll let you read this comment because it's great. Tommy, this is the best baby ever. He knows whenever he sees the Islanders doing something, that's what he does. He just buries it in shame uh, for being an Islander fan. Grumpy. Dan says, I'm definitely getting concerned about the potential cap gymnastics that Lou is going to do. Trading Bailey and some kind of asset. Trade Bo for nothing. I think the least destructive thing we can do is buy out Bailey. That gives us about two and a half million and more cap space. Hopefully that space will be enough to sign everyone. Then if need be, maybe you bury Martin Johnston and to free up a little bit more cap space. I hate this cadre contract. I can't say that enough. I hate this cadre contract, but to me, this is the most powerful cap maneuvers we can make. I think we need to robadah, you know, hey, there's always a bus out there before, you know, by the training facility. Run over Anders Lee. Run over Josh Bailey. Gonna be, Give him some long-term Or injuries. you need to go ahead and get a, a, a police officer, a gung-ho police officer accidentally to go ahead and clip him. It'd be like the Yankee clipper. Like good old the other hey, guys against and Derek Jeter. Guys. Is that what you're suggesting, Grumpy? <laughs> get Mark Wahlberg over here in security detail? He's a biracial angel, as you know. <laughs> uh, Pony said, boy, boys, boys, I miss you. Thanks. What's up, Cody? Uh, what's up, Pony Boy? Goongoon says, has it ever been determined why Hosang never caught on with the Islanders nor any other NHL team? I feel like this was asked purposely because Coach Tommy B was on last time. I think we talked. Well, there's certain there's certain people we have on the show that we feel like we always talk too long about Josh Hosang with. Um, he seemed like a potential explosive goal, goal scorer with a handful and a handful of Islander games he played. For me, he was a creative. Islander player, not necessarily an, an explosive goal scorer, Correct. but someone who could create offense. Matter of fact, he worked very well with Crock Nelson when they teamed together. I think, here's the thing, I think he had maturity issues, but when Lou and Trotz came in, he had no shot, and they didn't care. Instead of just moving him out while he had a little bit of value, they kept him here until his career died on the vine. You want to know who they're doing that with now? Bodie Wild. That's the next die on the vine guy. I don't think Bodie Wild is that talented. 
Odie Wilde. Not, I think not on Hosang's level. No way. No. Nick, go I mean, yeah, he's a defenseman, so it's different. But you watch. Instead of just moving on from him, just saying, hey, we're releasing you, whatever, good luck. They're going to keep him in the system until he's 25 years old, and then they'll let him go, and that'll be the end of his career. I don't like when teams do that. I just I just think it just it's just petty. If you don't want the guy, let him go. Just let him go. Mm. Hosang, by the way, is starting a brand-new career in the KHL. Oh, good. I hope I hope he's successful. I hope if he's, he's not, if he's not drafted into the army, he'll be fine. Well, yeah. Don't you don't you have to be a Russian yeah, to be in there? Um, and uh, Tony G said, "I trade two decades of subpar Islander teams and a testicle for one Stanley Cup." Tony okay. Cheese, Tony Cheese, we need you to go ahead and we need you to make that offering up to the hockey gods because if that if I, I think you've got to offer it first. Well, I guess the the, the two decades of subpar teams will come after, but. I mean, like the, the cup, who knows? I mean, like that's a lot to give up for a cup. That's a lot for Tony because he's only got one testicle to begin uh, with. I mean, that's a real sacrifice. For uh, Brian J said, honestly, with Sorokin and goal, this team could win a cup if they squeak into the playoffs. They could sneak in a Carolina-ish type cup. Long term, we're effed. True. That's exactly the point that I was making about Sorokin's ability. Yep, and then Matthew S. said, we never, ever win free agency teams that win free agency don't win cups either you know it, it that's actually usually pretty accurate in most sports that you if you win the offseason you normally don't win during the season that's true sure. um got a comment here from pac-man saying what team takes 10 years to rebuild lol the teams, whatever teams that TJ manages, obviously. Okay. Look at look at the Buffalo Sabers. Look at the New Jersey Devils. Look at the Arizona okay. Coyotes. Look at all these miserable teams that it takes so okay. long to rebuild for Grump. Okay, but it's because they got the wrong people in place. How long did it take the Rangers to rebuild? Okay. Rangers are different. The scenario is different, Grump. We're not having a guy like Adam Fox come and say, "Hey, I only want to play on Long Island." Here we go, Sonny Milano. He likes yeah, I heard Sonny Milano and, and Adam Fox are on comparable levels, Grump. We don't have players like that walking up and knocking and pounding on our door. We don't have a guy of Artemi Panarin saying, knock, 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 knock. hey, I want to sign here and play for the Islanders. Can I just say why people don't say they want to play for the Islanders? Why, because we're not exciting to watch. When kids grow up, they hear click. Islanders click. Let's put on some other game. Oh, this one? Yeah. I'd rather watch this, this Kaprizov guy. Up in Minnesota. Yeah, okay. Who do we got to watch it now? Woo! Anders Lee. Oh, shit. I can stand out in my backyard and do just as he does. He looks like a tree that's been growing there for 25 years. Oh, man. No, man. I'm sorry. Um, Christ almighty. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of teams it takes a long time to rebuild for. I mean, think about until Florida had success. Florida was in a perpetual rebuild state, too. A lot of teams live in a perpetual rebuild state as opposed to but continual. It's like anything else, okay, sometimes you rebuild and it fails, and sometimes you do it and it works. And it's dependent on the people that are running the rebuild. That's right. And see, look at you. You mentioned Florida. Yeah, Florida was terrible, but now they got the right guy in charge. They had Quinville as coach, which, believe me, believe me, he really turned that team around. It was Quinville, not Zito. All those guys were there when Talon was the GM, okay? 
It was Quinville. You got to have the right GM and coach. It's all from top down. We had the right guy for a couple of years. He's finished now. You got to get a new guy on. I top. am talking. Nothing wrong. With I that. am talking about a possibility of a ten-year rebuild, and you look at me like there's no fucking way. Ten-year rebuild. You act like there's no freaking way that a ten-year rebuild can transpire. And it's not going to be a ten-year rebuild. I don't care what you Columbus. say. Columbus. Has Columbus ever fucking taken a step out of the level of mediocrity that they've had? Rebuilds sometimes can last because they freaking fail. The likelihood that a rebuild will fail is more likely than a rebuild will be successful. I can say I've never but that's seen anything in Because sport. everybody just fails to real. Okay, that's everything. When you go ahead and rebuild from scratch, the likelihood that you will fail is much higher than the likelihood you will succeed. And by oh. doing so, I'm saying you're going to at least fail once during this upcoming rebuild, and you're going to have to rebuild again. Only only one team wins a cup every year. There's a reason for that. I think if your team is in, con in, con in contention to win a division or your team is saying, hey, we're finishing in top, we're finishing in top four in the conference, you're not – that's a – hey, you've been successful. You have. Look how long it's taken this Ottawa Senators team to rebuild. That team was on top of the freaking world, Eastern Conference Finals. Look how long. They're in year number six now of that rebuild. Okay. 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 Well, the New York Islanders won a Stanley Cup in 1983, and now we're on a 39-year rebuild. We haven't won anything. Yeah, since. the next rebuild's only going to be five. Trust me. For certain, trust me. Look how long that Detroit rebuild's been taking. You know how long that Detroit rebuild's been taking, grumpy old man? They made the playoffs how many years in a row? Oh, yeah, hanging on to that last little freaking thread. They're on year five or six, or they're in year six or seven of that rebuild and look like things are going. Look how long that rebuild for Buffalo took. And you got to have the and right that's guy. Why Detroit brought Eisenman back to bring in the right person to do the job. How long do you think the rebuild in yeah. Chicago is going to last? They're on year what? They're on year three already of the, or year two or one or two of this rebuild. They try to throw a few extra pieces. When's the last time Chicago made the postseason? They're still damn, they were grasping at straws trying to keep things together. How long do you think a rebuild like that's going to – how long that's going to take? Giving up on 23-year-old, giving up on young Kirby Doc. How long do you think a rebuild like that's going to take? I'm just saying the likelihood the rebuild will fail is much higher than the fact that the rebuild will be successful. Uh, can I speak to the Chicago thing? Probably a little bit longer than they probably initially envisioned. A lot of problems. I would say. <laughs> how a about of, Anaheim? A lot of issues happened in Chicago. Yes, that's How about, yes, how about Anaheim? How, about, how long did Anaheim's rebuild take, right? They had that fantastic squad of Corey Perry, Getzloff, you, you Bobby Ryan. How long has that rebuild been taking? They're still in rebuild mode. This is okay. my point. Rebuilds okay. are – the likelihood they're going to fail is much higher than they're going to be successful. Strap yourself in for a 10-year rebuild, ladies and gentlemen, and you're going to come back 10 years from now. Oh, what Trump? Oh, I'm sorry. You're making me laugh. I like you get really animated. You get on top of the screen. It's, it's funny. because I'm I usually gotta, speaking to this up here and not down here. So <laughs> you have to forgive me. I'm still trained to do this right here. I'm not looking at myself, so I have no oh, idea what it looks God. like. You're crazy. You look like you're like you're insane, borderline insane. And maybe somebody slipped just like what was that thing that uh, you know in Russia they slipped some type of poison into the guy and they was slowly poisoning him to death i'm worried about you over there i don't know what the heck's going you call on me negative there. nancy I, I, look look I, at how I, these rebuilds I, have been for teams that have gone through a similar time period i get right. it okay okay but does that mean you should never try to rebuild no what i'm saying here is if you should not be signing and further digging yourself in the, we're in a hole i understand okay. that 
I'm fine still going after if we're staying flat, right? We're not digging ourselves further in the hole. I'm fine with us going after it for this year. I really am. I know that's the expectation. If we're adding Kadri and a contract like that to JT Miller, you've taken two more shovelfuls or three more shovelfuls into this freaking hole that we're digging. And when you lose other guys like Dobson or Romanoff, you're just further shoveling yourself okay, into okay. a hole. Can I, can I tell you something right out of all these? You, you really want to know the real key to a rebuild? Is Top to be eight. the worst team for two or three years. The worst team. We've done that. So you are right there picking the best freaking player. We've done that. We just don't win the lottery. <laughs> think about I think about how long it took Edmonton. Okay, the one year we were the worst team in the league, we did win the lottery, and we got John Tavares. How'd that work? Now, that being said, you're making it sound much more dire than you need to. If the Islanders listen to me, they won't. But if they did, there is an easy way to transition from this old group of forwards to a new group of young, more energetic forwards while still having your defense core maturing and all in the prime of their career at the same time. But you have to just stop signing older guys. You got to stop that. Move some of your old – if you can move a Pajot for a first-round draft pick, let's say, at the deadline, you can move a Mayfield for – a first and a second because of his contract. That's how you build it up. Okay, you're because we have a glut of forwards. This way you give the Ratus a chance to come up and play. You bring up a Simon Holstrom so everyone can see what I see, that he absolutely sucks and is not part of the solution. Okay, you can do stuff like that. And you're transitioning away because in two years, all those forwards are going to be out of contract. You don't sign them back. Then you let, you can bring in some younger players via trade, or whatever, and now you have your draft picks starting to mature together at the same time. Then you have a Barzell who's going to be the leader of your team going forward, who's going to be, you know, in the prime of his career, 27, 28 years old. You have an Oliver Wallstrom. You have, if you don't trade him, a Bavillier who's a, I mean, hey, he's got a great work ethic, right? Those are the type of guys you need. You got a Kyle McClain. From the minor leagues. There's quite a few players we have who could be part of the solution. Yes, we need to transition away from the veterans. But the way that defense is built, we don't have to worry about defense, particularly after the guys that we drafted this offseason. I'm not even worried about defense or goaltending. It's the forward group. Transition away from the old, go to the new. If you're going to make any trades, trade for younger players who are going to be part of the solution going forward, not older guys. Because if, you know, in, in fairness, if the team has solid defense and a great goaltender, they will compete. Okay. They yes. will stay competitive. It's cycling out the front line and the offense and figuring out how to do that, by the way, on the fly. There are yes. teams that can do it on the fly. If you draft properly, then you yep. can feed the beast and just keep cycling. That's right. Well, the good thing is now that we've got, you know, you've got two very deep draft classes this year and next year. I'm glad that we're not taking any of those because I could firmly believe that we're going to trade away more draft capital. Uh, oh, what? Can't do that. We Can't are. We are. We are. I told you this last year and I made that tweet uh, four months, five months before the draft. I said, we're trading. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourself. We're trading away draft capital in this year's draft to double down on a team that's too old. And we did that. And guess what? 
if we're on playoff contention, we're trading away. If we're in a playoff spot or close to a playoff spot, guess what, Grumpy? We're trading away more draft capital this year at the trade deadline to continue to double down on this team. Well, I see the writing on the wall, and I'm terrified. Okay. Now, do you have a one-story or a two-story house? One story. Okay, thank God, because I feel like I'm talking you down off the ledge, but it's not much of a fall if you fall out that Grumpy, way. I, can't, I, I don't um, fall with grace, Grumpy, so this like a little foot-long drop off of the uh, <laughs> off of the stair step is going to kill me. Okay, I just I, I, I just think there's a, there's a way to do it because your defense is young enough. It's not, I mean, you okay, we trade already the number 13 pick. You got a kid who's 22 years old. It's not like he's... 32, which that would have driven me in crazy, like trading for the F minus or trading for uh, Pajot or trading for Andy Green or, you know, all the other guys who are in their mid to late 30s giving away draft picks. This kid's 22. Thank you. He's going to be with your team potentially for 10 years. And you don't need to worry about that defense pairing. You really don't, even though I think Pulak and Pellick have taken a step back from 2019, they're still a really good pairing together. That's two rock solid pairings with Sorokin. Let me, let's say you have Hutton, because if I like I said, I'm moving Mayfield regardless. I'm moving Varlamov regardless at the deadline. Anything to get more kicks at the can going into the draft. So I'm ready to make that transition. You can do it both ways. Even if you sign a cadre in two years, I don't like seven years, but in two years, the majority of the older guys on this team are out of contract. You never sign them back. That's how you can do it. Does Lou Lamarillo or whoever is going to be in charge of then have the mental acuity to do that? I don't know. Are they even thinking that way? I don't know. But that's the way you can do it and stay competitive and transition to the next period where you don't have to go full tank because your defense and your goaltending is set for years. I mean, injuries can happen. Performance can go up and down. But, I mean, I love their defense and their goaltending. Their forward group is a nightmare. Like I said, we, we do have two forwards coming that I like a lot, and I still have belief in Wall Street. So, I mean, there are pieces there. And if you sign Barzell long-term, he's still young. So we can cycle out those old guys, like he's saying, and whether it's free agency or trade or whatever it is. And this is the like the one thing about I'm fine with trading the number 13th overall pick when I'm getting a young player. In fact, I like that even better because he's already gone through two years of growing pains where it's the hardest part of your learning curve in the NHL. We skip that. Yeah. We skip that. How come I have to agree with Tommy Baffy today? That you know how that appalls me to agree with anything he says. <laughs> I think he's come around to my way of thinking. That's what I think. Is, is. is that what it is, huh, Grum? Could I be. Think so and here's the thing: I, I don't disagree of what we should do, not what we're going to do, though. Which is again, that's that's the issue at hand now. And I will say this: right, people are going to call me. Oh man, you're jumping to the worst possible scenario. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Well, Things are, are never are. as good as they are. They're never as bad as you think. Do you think it's a possibility if we're in a rebuild when contracts of Noah Dobson and contracts of Romanoff come up? Do you think it's a possibility that we will not? They don't want to resign with the Islanders. Do you think that's a possibility? Because I very well think that's a possibility. Okay, but they're under contract for what another five years? Let's say they sign a bridge deal, right? Because if we're bringing in guys like Kadri and guys like a JT Miller. 
there's a lot of contracts to fit out of the books. Even if you're getting rid of Bailey, Bavillier, that's a lot of money you're fitting out of the cap. Nelson. Okay, they're not they're not uh, getting rid of Nelson. They're getting rid of John. Okay, but, but his contracts, but his contract's gonna expire in two years. Do they want to sign back? It's something you Nelson and Rio want three years left on their deals. Do they want to sign back? If we're in a spot for has- rebuilding, will guys like Dobson, Romanoff want to sign back with the Islanders? That depends. I mean, but, but there's, there's many under- factors, as I said, to signing contracts. It depends. Our best case scenario is to all hook them up with a nice Jewish girl from Long Island to make sure that they don't want to leave, right? That's 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 the best case scenario we have to keep them here. <laughs> Could be an Italian girl. Anybody, anybody, a Long Island girl who doesn't want to leave. That's yeah. our best case scenario to keep those guys. I'm just saying a it's a very real long- possibility. Yeah. I'm going to say a lot of those Long Island girls do not like to leave Long Island they don't. and don't like to leave their families. They don't. I don't get mm-hmm. that. Um, Robert C. has got a comment there, Grumpy, for you to read. The fact that we traded for Romanov for better puck movement and transition says a lot for Lambert. Coach Tommy is spot on. Oh, boy. I don't know what he said. Lambert will be will bring the fun back into the game for us. Trotz was too loyal. Lambert is interchangeable and more creative in his structure and philosophy. I don't think we really know what that's going to be until maybe the first month of the season. Um, but I'm not on un- – Trotz had to go. Had to go. And remember, Tommy, I said – he was going to be gone after this year. Remember, I, I said that, that last when you were on, and I said because uh, why? Why is that happen, Tommy? Because I am. Oh, I thought, he, he, I thought it'd be one more year before he left because I thought he, you know, I, I didn't think team, that team they, I didn't team. think they'd eat his contract. Well, they got deep pockets. Um, got a comment here also from Brian J saying, TJ, we're talking a rebuild to get a team back to where it is today. Not that hard. The success of a real requires timing, luck, and cap management. Hopefully something new, hopefully something the new general manager understands and comprehends. True. That's the whole thing. If they listen to me, you heard it. Everyone who listened to the show heard it here first. This is how you can do it. Will they do it? They don't. They never listen to me. That's why we don't make the playoffs. Dungan wants to know, do real men pump their own gas or let gas attendants do it for them? Where I'm from, there are no gas attendants. So, yes. <laughs> uh, I like to actually, I don't, there are no gas attendants where I live either. But when there used to be, I would just go snap my fingers and let them know they are my gas pumper. Pump that gas, boy or girl. Oh, man. To me, it depends it on the matter. neighborhood you're in. Some True. neighborhoods you shouldn't get out of your car. That's a, but that's a, that's like a lost job really gas station attendants bump gas um i mean and uh brian j says tj just wrap your lips around a barrel now boss put yourself out of your misery lol no glass full no glass half full here wow now that's bold i mean i I don't know saying you should commit suicide i don't think i'll ask you this do you feel rosy about the way things are looking right now do you feel Happy? Do you feel excited about the way things are? And don't say, oh, yeah, I'm excited just because it's that time and you're ready to watch some Islanders hockey, right? There's no reason to be excited for that. But do you feel excited about the way things look right now for our team and and, and the future for the team? I don't. I'm going to be a fan for many years. Believe it or not, I don't quit being a fan two years from now. Maybe Grumpy, right? Grumpy's in the Lou Lamarillo train. Grump, how many more years of fandom do you think he got left? 
while I can still pay attention to the team. Yeah. If I'm like Lou Lamarillo, I don't know, another 25, 30. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Um, Danny D says, TJ, what happened, man? Being a negative Nancy tonight, I, you know, I see that. That's usually not your gig. I see, I, yeah, again, because I could see the worst case scenario. I could see it transpiring. I remember I was negative on the show. Too. The last time I was this negative was on the trade deadline day when I knew they were going to trade away draft picks. That was the last time I was unbelievably and woefully negative. But we did not trade away draft picks on trade deadline no. day. I knew once we didn't do anything, we were going to be doubling down in the offseason, and we did. Um, Drew L said, by the way, seeing TJ getting mad in a Disney shirt is the most ironic thing. Disney's supposed to be a place, it's supposed to be where happy memories are made, unless um, it's my family. Then it's more like hell on earth. Um, and I know TJ, we've went to Disney many times, and he's always had a good time you there. You know me. He what? I remember you. We went to Disney World, and you used to dance with Mickey Mouse, and you know Goofy, and Donald Duck was your favorite. I remember that. Mm. Donald Duck was a favorite. Uh, Matthew S said, "All this shit has me worried." Now you have Matthew. All Matthew, I'm glad. Now you're able to see what I'm seeing. Bob Sunnestan said, "Who the hell does Coach Tommy B know? How the hell does Coach Tommy B know anything about the Islanders' financials?" Well, here's here's Tommy. Tommy is the nighttime janitor of Lou Lamarillo's office, and he often goes through his trash can. Well, this, this very fine pitcher, Matthew M., made that picture there. I, I like I like the thumbs up. And this is, again, this is taken at Islanders' facility, the nighttime janitors. Coach Tommy B., dressed a little warmly for the summer, but Coach Tommy B. going through Lou Lamarillo to get the information. That's how. That's, so you need, you need to save that picture. That's a great one. For whenever Tommy comes on the show, and look, why does it look like Tommy has hair in that picture? Because I know he doesn't in real it's, life. It's sunglasses grumpy on top of his head. Yeah, I mean, look at that. He looks like Curly from the Three Stooges. Uh, remember him? Uh, remember? But yes, that's how he knows. Uh, I never watched the Three Stooges grump. Um, Matthew S also said, "Damn, wish I could become a hockey player. Maybe that helped me land a nice Jewish girl. Heck, I've been trying for ten years." There it is. Pick up the stick, Matthew S. Tim Ward said TJ is absolutely insufferable. He ruins it for me. I'm glad, Tim, that I could ruin the show for you. And I'll try oh again gosh. in every show from here on out, Tim. I know oh we, I love, I love your, your uh, constructive criticism for us every show, or for me every show. I'm sorry. I'm Tim, Tim's got a great. Tim's got a great baby, too. Goon Goon says, uh, do you all agree that the three Star Wars prequel films, films sniff Char's butthole? I actually like the prequel fi film. Okay, they came out of Char's butthole. They didn't sniff oh, it. That's where they came. Man, oh, man. Um, we got a comment here from D-Cut saying, the FBI raided Lou's house and found Tommy B's at fingerprints all over Lou's garbage cans. He's not supposed to be. He doesn't know about it at the no, house. That's classified. And there it is. Uh, 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 Grumpy, I'll let you read this here, too. Manny Mass says, why do I get the feeling that Kadri is a replacement for a Nelson trade? Just got here. Sorry if it's been mentioned already. Croc has value. Maybe get a winger or a defenseman. I, uh, for me, if you're, it's it's almost like you're rebuilding the team, right? What I say, I want to rebuild, right, Tommy? How long have I said I want to rebuild? I don't want to rebuild with old guys, though. I want to rebuild with young guys. If you want to move a Nelson, that's fine. Get somebody who's 22, 23 years old. 
I don't want somebody who's, oh, well, let's get a 30-year-old to play wing. I'm fine with that because it's transitioning to the next phase. And, okay, maybe you're not going to win a Stanley Cup this year, but you're going to set yourself up for a long run in the next couple of years. And, and Manny, it okay. won't be a D-man. We are Our top four is set. So it yes. will not be a D-man. It would be for a scoring winger. Danielle said, I'm laughing out loud right now. I'm glad some people enjoy it. I'm glad people have enjoyed the, the friendly banter on here. The 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 um, the uh, hyperbolic nature of the show. Thomas A says, I agree with TJ. I could see that as a possibility. Win a cup and now, sell on the high. Okay. Now, I look at Thomas's picture there. It looks like he's sitting something. Is that like a big spider coming up behind him? I can't see it very well no it's it's palm trees grumpy yeah. oh it's palm trees okay i thought maybe it was some type of spider coming to attack him hey that's a nice picture Thomas. um and cadre's agent says boys well here we go guys we have it solved cadre's agent has entered the chat he says boys my client will serve at will will sign a one-year 12 million dollar prove it bridge deal type of thing that will be all well guys Look no further. One year, twelve million per Nazem Kadri to the New York Islanders, and Thomas A said, "There's no way JT Miller gets a seven year, no. seven years, nine no. million." He will not get that. I wonder what type of money he's going to get, and if we were to trade for him, what he's going to sign for. I would say comparable Kevin Fiala's contract. I okay. I couldn't have imagined Nazem Kadri a, a team. Well, I knew some team would pay way too much money for him. I just didn't think it would be us. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I would argue JT Miller, he'll be younger than Kadri when he signed that contract. And JT Miller's a far better player than Osm Kadri. If Lou Lamarillo's still at the helm, what would prevent Lou Lamarillo from signing JT Miller to a seven year, $9 million a year contract? We overpay every single veteran we signed to this team, every fucking veteran. Unless they're 40 years old or 39 years old and they're in their Parise or Char, right? Then they take vet minimum. Every other veteran we overpay. I just for a me six year deal for Casey Zizekas. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring it back there, but I'm like I, I'm just saying that we overpay for the veterans we bring in. I could see us overpaying for a guy like JT Miller. That's all. Here's the thing: we overvalue the players on our team and overpay them. If you sent them out there in the real world, Casey Zizekas never gets a six year deal. Never freaking ever. Look at what Howla got. Casey would have gotten four. Times three on the market. Just, I doubt that. No, he would have. For a fourth I'm line center, you, he would have gotten it. I. What did Barclays that. Goudreau get on the open market? Ethan, what did he get he's the open no Barclays Goudreau. He's no Barclays Goudreau. Barclays Goudreau is a bottom six forward. He got a six-year deal from the Rangers at almost four million per. What did Coleman Casey, get? All these bottom six forwards. Casey, what did they get paid on the open market? Casey would have got four Casey, times three. I'm telling you. Casey is a was a thirty-year-old. Fourth line, oft injured center, who doesn't even score ten goals a year. He was never I, getting. I, I, look at way, Eric Howard. The Rangers would have given it to him. Well, you know, like it only takes one full team. True. I just don't like I said. But why did he need six years? Why would a guy like that need six years? I, it just it makes no. I mean, this is it's just okay. You want to stay here? Three year deal, three year, two million. That's your offer. If you want it, stay. If you go shop your services. And you know what? They'll come crawling back because most teams, are not, they're not going to spend money like that for a fourth-line center. They're just not. Eric Howler, look what he got. Two years from Boston. He's a third-line center. Two years, 
for $2.125 million. He, he was also one of those guys that um, kind of fell off after everybody signed. And that's when, to me, sometimes that's the best bargains. If you wait it out a little bit and then you pick from the players that didn't get signed right away, you, that's where you find your little bit of value. That's why you don't sign a fourth-line center because guess what? They're never snapped up early, ever. Never freaking ever. They oh, gosh, I got to go out and get a fourth-line center. That's going to put my team over the top. No, no one ever says that. We do it like Cal Clutterbuck, fourth-line winger. Tell me we couldn't have let him hit the market this year. Tell me we couldn't let him hit the market and sign him at minimum. After, after. Tell me we couldn't have let Zach Parise sign. So this way you have more money to offer Goudreau. Well, if they didn't want him again, another mind-boggling thing. Why are you even involved? Why are you even involved? It just tells me they had no clue what they were doing. I just think the public backlash when they didn't do anything, now we got a panic buy on Kadri. I just, ugh, um, just frustrating. But, but my theory with Kadri is that this isn't something that just happened. I was told weeks ago about the 7 times 7 Weeks ago, I was told. So this, to me, probably developed right as free agency opened. Well, free agents has been a, it was a month yeah. away. So I just, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. Not buying that one. Oh, man. Uh, Michael B said, TJ, my man, best take I've seen from you yet. That I've seen you have yet. They're absolutely <laughs> positioning to sell the team. I don't know if Michael B is being Gosh. facetious or if he's, if he's thinking he, if maybe he could see that as a possibility, but hey. Well, you're going to have to bookmark this. I hope you named it Islanders Prepared to Sell. Here's the thing. Once they sell, once they're in the <laughs> seller, Grumpy, who even knows what this show is at that time in three, four years? Um, but who knows? Uh, Kurt H. says here, um, what's the future looking like for Matt Barzal? Kadri in place for a few years and some crazy center depth. I'm not sure Barzal is going to want to play third-line center. He will not play third-line no, center. He will not. And he won't go to wing either. Um, got a comment here from uh, Thila or Thyla um, saying, who would you Thalia. Thalia. So I can't read. All right, Grumpy, give me a break. Thalia says, um, who would you rather have in the playoffs? Johnny hiding, uh, Johnny Goudreau, or big moments, uh, Johnny hiding in big moments, or Nazem Kadri? You know, that almost sounds like an Indian name, Johnny hiding in big moments. Um, I, take Johnny, I take Johnny Hockey. I'll take oh, the most yeah. skilled player that there is. Nazem Kadri, he might even be suspended come playoff time. Thank you. Know? You just raised my point. How do we know he's going to be on the ice? He's a loose cannon. Mm. Nazem loose cannon. Would you rather have Johnny hiding in big moments or Nazem loose cannon? Mm. Um, and Kurt H says here, uh, what's a Dobson extension going to look like? You have to feel like bridge deal, right? They're not going to sign him long term, which I wish they would. To keep the cap to work, they're going to sign a probably. Yeah, you know, my, my my guess was always three times four. That yep. was what I thought it was going to be. I have also heard that there was very much like when Barzell signed, they had two different deals for him depending on how the cap worked out. One was long term, one was bridge, depending on how they actually finished his cap off. But I'm guessing bridge. Okay, that's what I thought too, but always touch on that. Thomas A said, I really think it makes sense to shop bars all and to try to get a few roster players and some trade capital. Um, I don't think he's happy on Long Island and uh, he's going to pull a John Tavares on us. Why not get in front of it and part ways? I uh, for me, 
I'm sure they've had talks with their people. Again, they should have negotiated a contract extension this offseason that doesn't kick in after until after next year. There's no way I'm letting him going into his last year uh, of restricted no. free agency. No way. And here's the thing. Let's say you lose him. Then what are you saying about signing Kadri and you know trading for JT Miller? You just lost the best player on your team again. And now you're screwed. You have to move him. Right now, I don't think his value is as high as it could be. He did not have a he had an underwhelming year last year. What's his trade value? They're not looking to move him until absolutely necessary. I want to touch on the Dobson thing again, though. It's so short-sighted, and they this they do everything the wrong way for signing contracts. Everything. You have a young player like uh, Noah Dobson. You sign him to an eight-year extension now, so you have cost certainty for him till he's 30 years old. Agreed. That's what you do. Agreed. You don't give him a bridge year deal because in three years, instead of let's say you had to pay him six and a half million or seven million, six and a half million for the next eight years. I would do that. But in three years, okay, now we want to sign you such well, now the price is nine. Because now you're going to have the, the purse strings are going to be let off when it comes to the salary cap. It's just again so short sighted and stupid. Um scares me how scares me how yeah. dumb and reactive we are. And as far as Barzell, he's an island this year, people. They will if, if they don't do the extension this summer, he's gonna be given the ultimatum. Either sign this or you're gone. That will be his ultimatum next summer. If he doesn't agree to the extension, they will trade him. Athalia says 99% chance the Islanders win the cup next year. There it is. Confidence. Um, and uh, Thomas A. said, are any of you guys on the island? Coach Tommy B. is. He's the only member who is. Uh, Stuart J. says, I'm 38. We've been in a 37-year rebuild. That's true, Stuart. Rebuild's only five years, brother. Alexander says, I'm late, guys, and I just got off of work. Uh, uh, tired. Sorry about that. But uh, or tried. Sorry about that. I hope uh, this isn't uh, true about Nazem Kadri, the worst of all moves. And my uncle sends me an article that Barzal could be on the move if it happens. Then I'm done. Lou needs to be fired. See, I'm telling you, Alexander, you stop talking to your uncle. <laughs> He's nothing but trouble. Oh, man, man. John Smith says, see what happens when TJ entered his bladder. He's all fired up. Oh, it's true. I've never seen so excited. So excited. Because everybody just can, everybody doesn't see it. My like, name is TJ, and I handle the questions. I'm a true professional here. ADT Raid says, if you're going by cups, Toronto rebuild. Toronto's That's rebuild true. Like forever. Yeah. Since 1967, right? Rebuilding since 1967. Kurt H said, Islanders or Rangers, pick one. If we're picking what Islanders. team you'd rather, what t if I could pick the roster of a team and put them in an Islanders jersey, I'd rather pick the Rangers roster than the Islanders roster. Okay, I'm just saying the Islanders because I'm an Islanders Simple. fan. Islanders. Hold on, you would if you could, no strings attached. The, okay, the question was the question we're all was, Islander fans, so I think we would all pick the Islanders over the Rangers. And why didn't you pick the Islanders? You went right to the Rangers, you Ranger fan. Oh, what do you think he's asking us if we're Islander fans? I'm just answering the question that was asked. Islanders or Rangers? Pick I, pick the Islanders. I pick the Islanders. So I, we're all Islander fans. We would all pick the Islanders over the Rangers. You didn't. You picked the Rangers. If I could pick the roster, no strings attached, I'd pick the, the Rangers roster over the Islanders roster. You're telling me you wouldn't? He didn't say pick a roster. 
I don't see that. Islanders or Rangers? Pick one. I don't see roster in that word. It was, at all. It's in the next comments. Don't worry about it. You just can't see it. David S says, Goudreau wanted to come <laughs> here. My effing blood like pressure. Says David S. Um, yeah, you actually think somebody good. wants to go to Columbus on purpose? Nobody. Brian P says here, TJ, no matter what, every team has to go to a rebuild. Two negative Nancy. Well, how how deep into a rebuild you have to go is indicative on the pieces that you have. If you're a team with no draft capital, no pro or very limited prospects, your rebuild is from scratch, scorched earth. Uh, Kurt H says here, uh, wait, who says we're getting uh, JT Miller? We don't know. Tommy Babbitt. We don't know. We just know that they, they have talked to them multiple times. We know that they're interested in acquiring. It doesn't mean we acquire somebody we're interested in. Yep. Damian J says here, favorite comedians. Each of you go. Gosh, see, TJ, I don't even know why we bother asking you this question. I have question. a comedian I like. Let's Patrice O'Neill. I liked Patrice O'Neill when he was live. He was funny as hell. Okay, I'm surprised you even know who he is. For me, I had so many favorite comedians. I'll go. One, oh, gosh. I love Steve Martin, his stand-up. I love Rodney Dangerfield. I love George Carlin. That's my favorite. Uh, there's just so many, and they were all different. Yeah. They were all different. Man, comedians, back on Long Island, man, comedians, that was like the comedy hotbed yeah. in like the 70s and the 80s. It was incredible. George now it's like, oh. George Carlin my favorite. I love Sam Kennison, by the way. Sam Kennison, great, too. Andrew Dice Clay. I loved yeah. Andrew Dice Clay. He was great, too. Oh, man. It's when, it's when you could actually make jokes about, you know, whatever. <laughs> now he can't make jokes about anything. Why do you think there's no comedy anymore? Um, T-Cut says, Grumpy needs to give TJ a timeout after a snowflake millennial hissy fit. Oh, D-Cut, D-Cut, D-Cut. It's almost like a day when Barry Trotz was fired for you. Can I just say, D-Cut, let me just say one thing. Don't get TJ fired up, please. <laughs> I told him today that an old football coach that he coached with for a while and said hello and he missed him. And TJ's like, yeah, screw him. I mean, that's not how I said that. That isn't you're mischaracterizing that 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 discussion we had by a, a large margin grump. I think TJ needs to go sleep. He looks that's like it. Max Power says, you ever notice that most of the people that are against abortion are people who wouldn't want to fuck in the first place? Oh, is that is that George? Very true. Is that or most of them? I wish their wrong. parents had practiced abortion. Oh, Bill before Burr. They were born. Maybe it's Bill Burr. I can't remember who what comedian says that. But I laugh my ass off. I know who's. I know. I've I heard that before in a, in a stand-up. But I look at them. I look at them, and you're right. Usually they're like real yikes, right? But here's the thing, right? I always say to them, I wish your parents had committed abortion. Oh, oh, no problem. Anyway, Thomas C. says here, um, would you have preferred to go out and get both Miller and Kadri or if to, or to stand pat? I think there's an in-between. There's an in-between that we decided not to take. Not everything is do nothing or acquire a bunch of old guys. There are actually players in this league who are under the age of 30 who could make your team better. Those are the guys I would have went at. Thomas, my, 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 my preference would have been to not get Godfrey, but make the trade for Miller. That would have been my preference. I was fine trading the 13th overall pick away for JT Miller, even though I knew he was going to have a large contract. I felt like defense, right? You could have gotten a replacement. Not, not as good as Romanoff was. 
And I understand the need for Romanoff, but you could have gotten a replacement that was better than Char, and you would have seen a marketable upgrade on our defensive performance. I thought very little of Char last year, and I've always thought that the offense is the biggest point that we need to address. Sure, I can spend less time handing your defensive zone. You're going to see more transition, more success for the offense, I believe. But, you know, I, I think that I would have been fine trading away that 13 overall pick for JT Miller. I like trading away for Romanov. It gives the team a defenseman for the next 10 years. That's what you want with that. That's what you want with an early round draft pick, right? Somebody's going to play on your team for 10 years. Grumpy, if, the, if he stays and the team doesn't implode and they don't sell it off and, and, and it gets relegated into an AHL thing, I'm just joking around. Correct. Um, correct. Frank says here um, he's really good. He's got a lot of intangibles that teams want. Talking about Casey Zizekas, the grumpy old man. Oh, uh, no. Was he even noticeable last year or the year before, really? No. Getting older. Uh, Thalia says, I'll take the risk with Nazem loose cannon. I like <laughs> oh, how they play good. further into it. Gungun says, um, at what point should Pete Rose admit defeat? He's never going to Never. Do that. I think he never should. Why should he? I think he should be at, at this fame. point. It doesn't matter. If Even if he did, they're not going to put him in. They might put him in after he's dead. I mean, let me tell you something. These, these are some small people, too. They carry grudges, all that stuff. You listen to Johnny Bench. Well, no, absolutely not. No one would do it. Well, was Pete Rose one of the best players in in the major leagues when you were there? The answer is yes. He should be in the whole. He's one of the best of all time. Period. I mean, the leading hit, the the hit leader of all time. I here's the. I don't care that he bet on games when he was a manager. Since I don't care. I don't care that Barry Bonds took steroids when everybody else don't care about that steroids. I I don't care that Roger Clemens has a bad mark on his name. It's, the guy, the it's selective. If they like you, you can get away with it and get in. If they don't like, like David you, Ortiz. Ortiz. David Ortiz, right? I'd say. Mike Piazza. Pudge Rodriguez. They were all doing it. Um, Charlie okay. O'Hagan. He led, he, led the lead, he led the league in back zits. Um, and he just had acne on his back, Rumpy. Okay, back knee is a thing. He just had an abnormal amount of it. Uh, Charlie O'Hagan says, um, you're better than Lou. And know a lot more. When they win the cup, I hope you admit it that every view you have is pure stupidity. I think that's probably uh, geared towards Tommy, but I will speak up uh, in his defense here. <laughs> I think that might be a geared towards me tonight, Grumpy. <laughs> so, Charlie, when we don't win a cup and lose retired or dies on the job, whichever comes first, I guess you could admit that. Uh, my take was not pure stupidity, and I want to make sure you come back and you offer me apology. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, right? I, I think we should write Charlie's name down because when Lou's gone and we don't win a cup, I'm going to call him out. Charlie O'Hagan, where are you, baby? Charlie O'Hagan on August the 10th on our evening podcast 2022. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's right. That's still, that's still a nice picture of Charlie right there. I like it. Except the, there's a Montreal Canadiens hat. Uh, Frank says, "TJ, your it was not a Montreal. It was not a Montreal. Oh, I'm blind. I keep looking at these small screens, so I apologize. TJ, you're beyond negative. I'm I'm negative tonight because I see the repercussions this has long term. I'm a fan. I'm looking more towards the future. I think this window is closed. The window is closed, but I see a potential to move to the next 
stage. the next stage is nuke it's freaking nuclear nuclear no, wasteland that's not the next stage it's not nuclear wasteland if they listen to what I, I laid out a really simple plan to make a smooth transition where instead of going like this we're like okay we have Isn't a little it? hump but we're on our way up again that's i mean that's that's what you want I mean, you're always going to have ups and downs, right? You don't want to be, you don't want to be like that. But I mean, right now we're like this, right? We're kind of like on the way down. I mean, so if you do a little bit, just a little bit, and then you're on the way upswing, what's wrong with that? You think that we can have an upswing with guys tied long-term like JT Miller and Nazem Kadri? I think you're nuts. No, that's why I don't want to make those moves. You can maybe do one, you but if you're trading away guys, if you're trading away some guys for, for picks or for younger players, I don't want JT Miller just because he's 30 years old and he's going to want an exorbitant sum. If you're trading those guys and you get yourself, I, I, I love William Nylander for this team. I'd love him for this team. He would, he would be a guy who could transition that gap, right? Or someone of that ilk, a younger player who's proven that he can score in this league. Those are the type of guys I'm going after. I don't want to go after old guys. Mr. James Van said, Lou is going to chop off. <laughs> chop chop his balls off if Kadri gets suspended in the playoffs. You're probably right. Drew L says TJ acting like a calmer Stephen A. Smith when nothing gets when nothing goes right. What are you What are you doing, TJ? Passing gas? Oh yeah, Stephen A. says, man, I, what even, are you doing, time brother? Passing gas? So who do you say? I can't remember who he, who he directed that to. Um, I think he directed that to. Um, gosh, I forget. Was it general manager ownership? I can't remember. Yankees. Thomas A said, TJ, everyone's on your case tonight. Jeez, it's a they are attacking you. You well, here's the thing. You come out really, really strong, and like it's like, I don't know, maybe you got uh maybe you need some laxes. Oh, that's it. That's it. I'm all pent up, grumpy. I understand. He said, I hear the owners making four transactions in the coming weeks, talking about Kevin Weeks' tweet. That's what that's what is alluded to right now. Please tell me Chara isn't coming back. I will tell you something. When Week says something, usually right. Yeah. yeah, he's he's absolutely connected. Or he don't. He just he's not he's not pagnoting things. He actually knows something. But like I said, when he says four transactions, you know that's Dobson, that's Romanov, that's Kadri, and who knows? And, and the big trade. Okay. Uh, we got a comment here. Also, oh, uh, Andrew L said, uh, "Tell me, B, what part of uh, Long Island are you from?" Uh, right now, I'm currently uh, in Long Beach. I grew up in East Meadow. Gotcha. HED Raid says, uh, what do you th oh, we kind of touched on this earlier, but we'll mention it here briefly again. Um, what do you boys think about the Fisherman jersey coming back? If we're going back to those messy jerseys, might as well dress. Or going back to those messy years, might as well dress like it. I think for a third jersey, I think it's great for a third jersey. That's what that's what the alternate jersey is supposed to be. Something totally different from what you normally wear. They have the California Golden Seals jerseys coming back. I'm getting Dude, one. That's about to say, that's I, I'd rather see a logo of TJ's face on the third jersey than the fisherman. <laughs> An angry jersey after after tonight. An angry jersey. Well, I was hey, the fisherman looked angry. Brand new. I like the fisherman jersey. And you know, here's the thing. Those things are going to sell. The third jersey is nothing but a marketing tool designed to produce jersey sales. That's it. That's all it is. That's it. I saw the Johnny Canuck jersey. I'm getting one of those, and I'm getting a California Golden Seals jersey. I already have a Fisherman jersey. I'm going to get another one just for the heck of JK it. JK said, uh, do you think we sign uh, third left defenseman? Uh, if not, Scott Mayfield will be our oldest defenseman going into the season. 
Um, do we think we saw? Yeah, I, I mean, maybe, maybe they sign a Calvin DeHaan. I mean, he'll be a one-year deal on the cheap. That's the way you sign guys who are, for your bottom line. That's how you, those are the type of guys you sign or bottom pairing guys. Why not? Why not help him transition Robin Sallow to be in the next yeah. starter? I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it honestly, it makes too much sense. If not, to not a Ryan Murray can bring the cup over with Kadri. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Jake also says here, my favorite comedian right now, uh, Dave Chappelle. Check him out. I like Chappelle. I've seen him. I've I like seen him, him too. He um, and uh, Frank says, I did a 360. I want Sonny Milano for cheap. I love for, I, I love I, I, for, for cheap. Uh, his love for the team. Um, and he has talent. Uh, he could be like a Matt Carpenter was for the Yankees. Yeah, he could break his foot. Yeah, unfortunate. The foul ball breaks his foot there, fractures his foot. Is he going to be back during playoff time? Six weeks. Out six Probably weeks. Probably end of September. So, in other words, he won't be back in time for the Fantasy League playoffs, DJ. Stupid freaking that Fantasy League nonsense. That's the only reason you asked. Jesus. You're not a I already dropped fan. You're a Mets fan, and he was on your fantasy team. I had to listen to your mouth. Oh, look at Matt Carpenter. Look at him now. He's riding a bench with a broken foot. Um, Hope you're happy, fantasy JT boy. JT Sandigate says here, the New York Rangers uh, would have gotten Kadri at 7x7 seven seven if they had more cap. He was their target. So I can never pronounce that. Savala, Savali, Savali. Um, but Trocheck at um, seven times five point six helps greatly with their cap space in years to come. Thoughts on Truba getting named captain? Trocheck's contract is seven years. Is it seven years? Seven million? Yes, Trocheck is seven no. times seven. Yeah, so he's got the same contract as Kadri. No, Trocheck's Trocheck's not. Yes, seven. he is. Trocheck got seven times seven. I, I well, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I, I like Vinny Trocek. I like Trocek, but he's not a seven million dollar a year guy. Um, I might be wrong. Give me some. no five point six six two five. Okay, yeah, five point six two five. I'm wrong. He's five point six two five. Yeah, five point six two five. Which here's the thing is, and I love Vinny. Much Trocek. better deal than Nazem Kadri. You're getting yes, a guy who's younger okay. on a cheaper deal. Why not? Why did we not okay. go after Vinny Trocek? Because he was signed on day one. Um, here's the thing, right? <laughs> I like Vinny Trocek. Seven years is too long for him. It's just too He's long. He's only going to be 35 at the end of his contract, Grump, instead of 39. Okay. I, I don't care. Seven years is too long for a player like Vinny Trocek. Why? Because of the style he plays. He's not. He's going to be worth dog crap by the time he's 35. Let somebody else make those mistakes. D-Cut says, TJ Cherry picking the comments again from all of his little buddies. Yeah. Well, you D-Cut, maybe you, you got to start kissing ass a bit. Who knows? Here's the thing, D-Cut. You notice who he's got on the show today, right? That's right. You see it. That's right. That's right. Hey, D-Cut's good in my book. Ah, there it is. There it is. I'm giving him yeah, all. Yeah, you know, but D-Cut knows one of, one of TJ's little buddies on the show today. I think Tommy B's on every single day for the rest of the podcast history. Tommy B, we just need to keep let- from you right now is all. And I and let Phil his thing, I let Special them alone. calls in the fit by Phil Fact every single podcast, dude. I let them alone for an hour. They're selling the franchise. They're disbanding the NHL. Uh, hockey will no longer exist. That's true. Basketball is the new sport for all the people. Basketball I mean, and know. skates. Uh, ADT, Can't leave them alone. ADT Raid says, honestly, I like the Fisherman jersey too, and the future doesn't look so bright. So that's why I say that. Um, Let's look here. Got a few. Um, 
trying to see. We might be at the end. Um, Meatball Parm, what's up, Paul? How are you? Meatball Parm saying, hey. Um, and uh, is Coach Tommy B a real coach? Coach Tommy B, I'll let you give the little info how the name came about. Okay, yes. I, I did a lot of uh, playing and coaching in my late teens, 20s, and my early 30s. Uh, hockey's been my passion since I was a little kid, so I've been playing all my life until a couple of back surgeries stopped that. But, yes, I have done my, my fair share of coaching. And people forget Tommy is so old that the blades used to be made of wood. Oh, uh, David's music compilations of clips says uh, we aren't giving up picks for Kadri, so it's not bad. Um, uh -huh. He's he is a needed top scoring player, and while a younger guy would be better, Kadri is still good. John Gabriel Pajot should be traded as he he has a worse contract. He does not have a worse contract. His contract won't be worse than Kadri's. He's going to be coming in. He's got, what, three more years left on his deal. And this would be seven. Kadri is a marginally better scorer than Pajot. And I say that because look at the teams he's played for. Offensive juggernauts in Toronto and Colorado. He was never the guy on either team. You know how they say high tide lifts all boats. For me, if you're looking at 50, 55 points a year from Kadri to start, that's fine. Pajot on a good year is what? 45, maybe 50 on a good year. It's really not that much of a difference when you're talking about paying a guy for seven years till he's 39 years old. I just think that's a mistake where you're going to be paying uh, Pajot until he's what, 33? I'm sorry, the quadri contract is worse. Mm. Yeah, I don't um, think you can argue that fact. If you're paying a guy seven million dollars at the age of thirty-eight, it's a bad deal, people. Yeah. Uh, unless it's Gretzky. You know, unless it's Gretzky or Lemieux or Gordy Howe Ovechkin, in his prime. You know. Ovechkin, yeah. Somebody I mean he's not he's not one of those guys. Uh Pony Bear, oh a JT JT Senegate says Jacob Truba or average Andrews. Um Gosh. I hate Truba. I, 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 I hate I hate Lee. Tony well. Curtis said Truba is just an average Andrews Lee of defense, so we don't have to yeah. decide. They're they're equal, average two point um, And JT also saying here, as a Rangers fan, Islanders should tear it down when their contract when when their contracts uh, lessen term. Um, it was the right move for the Rangers, and it will be for them. True. Mm. Um, and Decot saying TJ listens to loops of Phil's facts, old calls to put him to sleep every night. Yes. That's what I usually do. I wake up and I meditate in the morning to it. Um, but guys, we are here towards the end of the show tonight. And number one, thank you, Coach Tommy B, for coming on for the for the time here this evening, as always. And thank you to the listeners of the show. Thank you for the listeners of the show. We have some Islanders news, and as it continues to come out, we'll be continuing to keep you updated. Continuing to talk about the doom and gloom. No, I'm just kidding. If things turn well, hey, we'll, we'll mention that too. Um, and, and thank you, Grumpy. But uh, last words, Coach Tommy B. As usual, uh, gentlemen, thank you for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here with both of you tonight. Love talking Islanders with you. Love talking hockey. You guys do a fantastic job. And for you Islander fans out there, I do feel you be, have to be patient a little bit longer until these moves happen because Lou just has a tendency to like to wait to the very end. So go to the beach, you know, take a drive in your car, go to a movie, have some fun, because you got about two or three weeks probably before you know everything's going to happen. So just sit back and relax. 
I, I disagree about the driving a car because if you hear the news, you might drive off the road. Who knows what could happen? So I don't suggest the driving the car. You no need to be optimistic. The team is selling. Ownership is selling the team. Don't worry about going to the movies. You need to start dedicating all your thought to a possible sale of the New York Islanders five to ten years down the road due to increased prices of the real estate. That's what your thought process needs to be devoted to. All joking aside, thank you so much, number one, Coach Tommy B, for coming on. Thank you, Grumpy Old Man. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be live this upcoming Saturday. We'll have Greg Prado on the show talking about his book, talking New York Islanders, talking updates about the Nazem Kadri situation. Also, we'll be going live tomorrow on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Again, it's a twice-a-week all-sports podcast where we talk about NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL, college athletics. We talk European football, anything and everything sports. We talk on that show. So you got to go check it out. It's called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. It can be found in the link in the description below or as a feature page here on our YouTube channel. Um, But Grumpy, what do you want to say before we wrap things up? I want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. And I'll even throw in Tommy Baffey. There it is. Coach Tommy B. And thank you guys for tuning in and thank you again, uh, Grumpy Old Man and Coach Tommy B. My pleasure. I was about to say, Grumpy, you would.